Episode 144 of the Reptile Gilmore Podcast. I have both co-hosts. Has that always been on the top of the screen? The title? Yes. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Because that's how you cheat and always know what no, episode No, that's not normally up there. No. I, I, I know because I Write go look on so, the last podcast. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a whole... I guess it they must did an have update, updated so it's or different. something. It has it has changed a lot. Like well, I maybe had to go it's in just because your co-hosts are finally here, and yeah, neither of us have computers, and we're actually paying attention to our shit. Maybe And I have a brand new. You haven't seen my brand new computer. I haven't. Oh. It like works and stuff. Wow! Like it doesn't take it fifteen minutes to turn on. Nope. I don't have to stare That's at cool. it, hoping it's gonna work. Now uh, it has um, disconnected itself from the internet a few times, so uh, it may have through last week. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> gotcha. uh, Facebook user says, "What's up, guys?" Again, don't know who that is. Hey, bear. What? It's a, the cocaine bear. Um, I don't know. I saw previews for <laughs> Can't that. Can't fucking wait for that to come out. Oh yeah. Oh. Well, I, there was a. We were watching. I think it was like NCS. Maybe it was regular NCS. I think it was. Yeah, the regular the one. Bear. And they were talking about the cocaine bear like two weeks ago or yep. something. And I was like, what? Because it was a real thing. It just it and ate the cocaine and died. It like, didn't what? go crazy. Who <laughs> is it? Is it Bill Burr that uh, has the? It's Sean. Is it Bill Burr that has the skit about the cocaine bear? I don't know. Maybe it was Dave Chappelle. It's Dave Chappelle. I think he talked about. I love how it, he said, "You know that that was the baddest motherfucking predator in the world for about five minutes." Yeah. <laughs> I love the in the previews like bears can't climb trees. Yes, yeah. they can. <laughs> and then it rips his leg off and it's snorting the coke off his leg. So I just referred uh, the other day in a Snake ID group. Somebody was asking for a good podcast that they can listen to with their thirteen-year-old. And I was like, well, we might get a little colorful sometimes, but we're okay. And she's like, yeah, here's colorful language at home. Well, he just heard about a bear okay. snorting coke off a dude, dead guy's leg. So. Chris said that our uh, it's thing is frozen. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It's doesn't seem to be frozen. Oh, I'm moving on my end. I don't. I got nothing. I meant to move that camera this week. To where? So, uh, to forward so that I can see the screen. Oh, but then you would. Who's this Ilana person? I don't know. <laughs> don't know it's, the, the person doesn't exist to me. I don't she think. does exist. Don't be ugly. Look, they're saying the video's frozen too. I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, it's working fine on our end. Except for my new computer somehow doesn't. Look, Sean doesn't say hi to Lana. He, she says, he says, tell Poseidon I said hi. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I got I got nothing for you guys. It, can you guys hear us? Like somebody tell us, yes, we can. Hello, hear you. is there anybody? My safe word is pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Lee says it's frozen over there too. What the hell, man? Why did you have to mention something about the internet? Well, I was doing it before we got got on. You did this. I don't want to disconnect because then it'll just disconnect us. Hmm. Talk talk amongst yourselves while I. Uh, oh my goodness. While I play with the internet. Have here. you so watched any of? I don't know even know if you're into like Willow. No, I've been watching Wednesday. I haven't started that yet. Oh I'm going to start so that good. next. Wednesday James is awesome. It's it. really good. Joe has finished it, so yeah. I'm the only one in the house that hasn't finished Wednesday. I'm uh, I think I'm on episode five. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> yeah, they yeah. I her, her humor is just perfect. In fact, I just think about Joe the whole time I'm watching it. Everybody has told me that, <laughs> so now I really have to watch it. Yeah. Well, at least the sound is good. Yeah, Chris said it. Video's just not. I, I'm I'm going to attempt to disconnect us from the Wi-Fi and see what happens. 
need to get you a good old uh, wired well the connection. So I am, I am. But the problem is with all computers now that there's no Ethernet, so you have to connect to the USB and yep. it's uh. Hmm. I'm. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, but no, Wednesday's good. I, I'm disconnected from the Wi-Fi. All right. Did our video get any better? I have no idea. Can people still hear us? I assume we're. And there goes our video. <laughs> As, oh, wait, wait. It's it's back again. Fucking How's it working now, guys? Technology. It's 144 episodes, and technology still is a pain in the ass. Can anybody still hear us? I don't think so. Like our chat's not even doing anything anymore. This makes me sad. We're sitting here talking to ourselves. Oh, God. well, he's talking to Darren. Good here. Uh, okay, Justin uh, can hear and see us. Well, we'll see how this shit goes. Well, I guess we can bring in our guests. That's right. Uh, well, let's go. Let's do our sponsors real quick, and then we'll bring our guests. Katie. All right. If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit lsreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Good. Also, uh, speaking of Herb Reptile shows, let's go ahead and run through the next few Herb Reptile shows. Uh, I'm very sad because I, I won't be at one until like the end of January. Yeah. So it feels very weird. But the next one is, on the last one of the year, is this weekend? This weekend. Uh-huh. Yeah. In yeah. Slidell. In Slidell. Slidell, Louisiana, December 10th and 11th. And then the first one of the new year is Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, January 14th and 15th. Then Longview, Texas, January 21st, 22nd. Then birthday weekend, Conroe, Texas, January 28th, 29th. Then down to Corpus Christi, Texas, February 25th and 26th. Then over back into New Orleans, Louisiana, March 4th and 5th. Then Bryan College Station, which is the opposite direction, uh, March 11th and 12th. And then out to Waco, March 25th and 26th. So We ain't coming out. <laughs> it's there. It's all I could ever think of when I hear Waco. It's the Wacko. The, the Wacko's in Waco. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. I got nothing. nothing. There was a whole cult there. They, oh yeah, David yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, I, that's all I know is there message. was a cult. Like I know nothing more. Hey man, I know that. you used to be a cop. Uh, there's this police helicopter flying around Dickinson. You have any idea what it's doing? I was like, I don't know. Define gravity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. <laughs> It's oh. been fucking almost thirteen years, bro. Oh. I mean, you don't do don't still have connections, man. I mean, hopefully, I do, but hopefully geez. not falling out of the they air. They don't text me. Hey, just so you know, all the way over there in Manville, where you live, we're flying a helicopter in Dickinson. <laughs> hey, hey, guy, who you probably barely know any of the people that still work here. Oh, anyways, um, oh, and then I, I forgot the Wiregrass Exotics. If you are in South Alabama, go visit our friends at Wiregrass Exotics for all of your reptile and feeder needs. I think it. Oh, now Sean says there's no sound. I, I don't know what to. I don't what know what to tell fuck? you. I don't. I, I got nothing. It says I have internet. It says I'm connected to the internet. I'm gonna go ahead and bring in our guests, and we're gonna see how shit works. Um, the good thing is this this thing in front of me, thanks to Wildgrass Exotics, uh, definitely recording records, yeah. records everything we say. So the important parts recorded, right? I don't know. Okay. Uh, maybe it's just Sean. He does live. <laughs> Yep, Justin said out, out of nowhere. So all right, let's bring the readies in. We got all kinds all of right, let's bring in our in our guests. Our guests are Lee and Amanda Reddy of Reddy's Rainforest. How are y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. So, I feel like it's been forever since I've seen you guys. I don't we, like we that. interviewed them at Brian College, Brian College Station. Station forever which ago. Which was forever ago. And then, that, <laughs> and then that one got released forever ago because that was the, the one Brian College Station episode our interview that got released early. Like two weeks later. Yeah, that was August when I was still contemplating whether or not I should change careers because mm -hmm. of this third grade group. And now I have a little more faith in them. 
I'm in a good place. Yes. Chris <laughs> says all that money went to, to the new computer. It did go with the new computer, but it also goes to our very expensive internet that doesn't always seem to want to work correctly. Yeah, I got nothing on that one. Fucking AT&T. <laughs> Comcast had their Xfinity hasn't been much better I think, lately. I think it's everybody. I don't think anyone on earth has good internet. Nope. I think everybody says they have good internet. Yeah. And then once you log up, it's just shit after that. Oh, there's. Yeah. All right. So, oh, before we get into this, I want to do our store giveaway. Dude, I'm going to need you to tone this down just a little bit. Tone what down? You are a little excited tonight. Well, what are we giving away? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast, Robert. Uh, we are giving. It's okay, I can't tell you either. Nobody can. Nope. It's last month's giveaway. It's your job. We extended it a week. This is your job. Into this, our gift card to Repticulture. Yeah, it is a there. We go. There we go. Uh, I let me pull up random number generator here. I haven't had any communication with hey, people. All uh, day happy long. birthday, Ashley Howdy. So I'm a little bit spastic. The Big Howdies. Oh, it's her birthday. It's her birthday, apparently. I don't know that because y'all are saying that. I'm sure Facebook tells me that, but I seem to miss it. That's the only reason I know. I mean, I don't even know when my wife's birthday. Wait, that's not true. <laughs> Please tell me that's not true. What, oh, what just happened? I, I calm down. Okay. Calm down. Weird. I switched screens. Okay, so Chris. <laughs> anyways, so our giveaway. Let me go ahead and pull up the random number generator and press the fancy button. Do 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 do. And it is, wait for it, wait for it. Oh, Paul. Paul Byfield. He won again? He did. <laughs> All right. I'll he, let him know. He did. Uh, he, I, I can actually probably tell you what he was going to, because the whole giveaway, they had to tell us what they were going to uh, spend the money on. So I can tell you what Paul was going to spend his money on. And if he lies, he doesn't get it. That is not at all how that works. He might change oh. his mind. Okay, so I've got to draw again because this is what Paul Paul did last time he won. Give it away. Yeah, I gave it away. So we're going to draw another one. <laughs> I just looked. I figured last time he won, he was like, give it away. So, Well, he already had a US Arc membership. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop. That was the random number generator in case I was wondering. Uh, Cynthia Cortez. I don't know Cynthia, but Cynthia has won a $50 gift certificate to Repticulture. So, yay. Cool. Are we our giveaway? I just left there. Does anybody know our giveaway this month? Four yep. things the same every week, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> You're doing better than me. Way to go. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Colossal Constrictors, uh, who I still <laughs> want to remind everybody bought us pizza. Uh, I know they're ready. They're, 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 we're going to get to them. Calm down, Chris. Uh, <laughs> Colossal Constrictors is giving away an infrared. Tim, Tim Guns. Tim Guns. There you go. <laughs> thanks, Darren. Darren, Darren thanks, Darren. Darren knew. I, I can't win it, so, I mean. Whoa, <laughs> uh, It's giving away Tim Guns every week. Of December, all you have to do is come. How are we going to do that the week that we don't have a show? We'll still put a question out. Okay, good job. And so I got, I got this. You have it. Have at it. Uh, so out of, <sighs> out of curiosity, Amanda and Lee, with me? all the chameleon, no, you're good. Do you guys use temp guns like very regularly? Every day. Okay. Every day. Awesome. For their special lizards. Anyways, let me tell people how they can join, and then we can get straight to the readies, Katie. Okay, well, Calm down. You're Calm down. taking too long. I know. It's a lot of things. What's what happens when all of y'all aren't here on a regular basis? Uh, so all you got to do is comment on our weekly question. Comment on our weekly question. This week, we had two of them, because I, I kind of dropped the pawn. I took a while to get to the second one. I apologize. But uh, comment on them. Your name goes in, and then we will pick you, and you'll win a temp, temp gun. I think I'm done now. Okay. You want to take over? No, I mean... They're all about chameleons. I'm excited. <laughs> I like learning about chameleons, and they educate people very well. Are we supposed to be using a different link? 
because we're super delayed on our end. Oh no, I don't. I I don't know. I just thought of the comment. No, I don't. I don't know what Chris is talking about. I rarely do. But no, that's the only link. I don't know. The internet does not like us. Uh, technology is not a fan of this podcast. Um, even though we have like nice technology now, it's still not a fan of this podcast. I don't know. We go like weeks and weeks and it's good. And then, and then just a couple shits. weeks when it's not. You know what I should have done? I should have just unplug the internet ahead of time and then plug it back in and see it. Because, you know, that always fixes stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my approach to my health. <laughs> just unplug it? Yeah, just, you know. I think if it comes down to a point where someone has to unplug something from you, you don't want that to happen. But I think if you're at that point, you probably do you probably want, do it, want it. That's true. It, it, but it may not restart you. This took a That's turn. True. This took a turn. But it could. It, I've seen flatliners. It could. All right. Okay. <laughs> so, so to the readies. We had the readies on, again, like we said, at Bryan College. And y'all do. Oh, no. What the? See? And then the internet just took a dump. I can't see the readies anymore. Or us. Maybe that's why they were delayed. But no, I think that's us. But I don't know why. It says I have internet. I so, got nothing. And we got 19 people watching tonight, man. I know. I know. And they can't hear anything we're saying right now. They might be able to. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Since this is recording. Katie, if you'll get up and unplug the back of the internet. It's going to take us off the internet. It's fine. We'll just keep talking. We'll talk about the uh, the Austin <laughs> show. We just had the, Robert just had the Austin show. And so we'll talk about that while you go to the internet box. That's that white box right there that now we have no internet. Flip it around. Everybody gets to hear how to work a unpl- unplug the power. Jack, just got to pull it out. And you got to wait a second. Got to wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Put it back in. That's what she said. And then just come back over here and, and we'll pray. So, Robert, you had a show this weekend in Austin. I did. How'd that show go? It was pretty good. You know, your average attendance like normal. But people were buying, which was nice. The weather was good, so I think that helps a lot. But yeah, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, well, you, you almost sold out that show. Uh, yeah, it's been I a while had, since you had a show like that. I didn't bring any racks home. That's good. I brought one cage home. That's good because the racks are heavy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was. I didn't even pull up to the door to to load up this time because it's a hard as hell at that store show. Yeah. Anyway. I just parked off to the side and just rolled it out. Took like three trips and we were out of there. So there was something at that show that I hate that I wasn't there to see. Oh, the Diamondback Terrapin. The Diamondback Terrapin. Sean got three of them. You can see them next time you go up there. Oh, I told Katie. She's excited too. So they they had a letter. The guy selling them had a letter from somebody at Texas Parks and Wildlife that's over that program that explained how they were legal and what you needed to have. And then he had the proper paperwork. So I talked to, like, because Laura, the vendor that works for. Yeah. Yeah. She's a biologist. I know Laura. They've sort of been on the show once. With Sean, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, they uh, she was like, because uh, she saw Sean with them, and he was like, she's like, you cannot have those, and he was like, yeah, watch. So look, <laughs> so he took her over there, and she looked at everything, and she's like, yeah, this this is one hundred percent legit. So uh, long as it's not the Texas species, which they're not, um, you can have them now in Texas until, until that person quits, and and they're gone forever. Well, you know, so Laura and I talked about it on Sunday. She said, you know, if you buy one or two or three, keep that paperwork because if uh, some game warden decides that he wants to come take them or write your citation, you show him that and that should be good enough. You may not get to keep them. Yeah. That, uh, but if that person's no longer in charge, but you it'll keep you from criminal charges. 
Wait so, a minute. So they could still actually take them away from you? Maybe. The way that the law reads now, probably not. But, you know, it's up to the interpretation of each individual game warden. That's every Wally Fishery law. Mm -hmm. So if they took them, they would go to somewhere like the where's the sea turtle place down in Corpus? That, uh, the Sea Life like Center. The sea Life Center. Sea Life they would Center, end yeah. up somewhere like that until maybe you could get them back, hopefully. Pretty much, it's never owned uh, or worked with. Uh, like, if you just think turtles, and most people think of like a radio slider. Uh, that is not a diamondback terrapin. Diamondback terrapins are so personal. They're awesome. So, yes, you said Sean got three of them? Yeah. I'm assuming unsexed, right? Because they're babies. They're just. I think so. Trying to think anything else that's going to go. Oh, oh, I thought something. Lee and Amanda are still there. Oh, uh, look. They're, they're just holding the show. <laughs> Fucking rock stars. But is it recording them? It's recording them on StreamYard. I can. She's doing a great job carrying She's the show. Fucking rolling it. So Panther Chameleons was our first reptile that we've ever had. We never had another reptile before Panther Chameleon. No snakes, no anything like that. We started out with chameleons. So for people that say that, you know, you can't have a chameleon as your first reptile, you can. Because really nothing will prepare you for the care that they require. That's what we've noticed. It's no animal... You know, I mean, it's the same as you taking care of an isopod or, you know, a ball python or a leopard gecko. They all have their own specific needs that they have to have. So it's the same thing. You just have to start with something. And we've had reptiles since, or well, chameleons, since um, 2010, 2009? 2009. Yeah. So that's whenever we got our first chameleon, and it was an Mbonja, and his name was Ranger. And now we have this one, which is Mufasa, and he's a Simbaba locale. So that means the town in Madagascar where he came from. And then we have, except they're looking at Mufasa angry right now, is Chandler, <laughs> which he is an Mbonja, and he goes to all the shows with us. His name is Chandler Bing, and then we have Alamo Ranger, which is another Mbonja, but he is wild caught, and we love him, and he's such a good kid. And then all, of course, the ladies. We have Blue Bonnet, which is an Mbonja female, and she is Chandler's sister and Alamo's mate. That is who all the babies in these cages and babies that you can't see in front of us that is their mother. And then we have his girlfriend, which is this one's mother. His name is Sarabi. We'll answer a few of these questions. Uh, we have never had mellers. We, we, we never kept them. They are amazing animals. Uh, let's see. Uh, females because they don't breed won't get egg bound and die uh so it's more I, I would say you need to offer more calcium to them uh as far as that goes i mean really it's on the care of the female whether whether she can sustain the eggs or not 
uh, as long as your female is very healthy, very hydrated, make sure and dust with plain calcium, not calcium with D3, and uh, she should lay in per leg, no problem. And let's see. Uh, we Our first panther chameleon that we bought uh, back in the day, we probably raised him until he was about six or eight months old before we purchased a female for him. Uh, then after that, we just kept adding and adding. and <laughs> We ended up with a lot of wild pots. We yeah. loved getting into fresh genetics and taking care of the wild cots is you know they're they're so much different than the captive bred they're it's not that they're aggressive or anything but you can just tell there's more wild in them they get bigger they seem to be you know a lot more colorful sometimes and we've actually the longest lived chameleon we ever had was a wild cot hey hey we're back just, oh, are we back? Y'all are crushing it. Y'all have been watching it Y'all. Oh. And yes, we've we been watching you on the phone. He opened another window. I didn't open shit. You oh. did. Oh, the computer did it. Y'all yeah. have been crushing it. Yeah, thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> I've just been sitting here listening to you on the phone going, this is great. That's the best. <laughs> and I've just been having a slight aneurysm with, with my computer. It's, it's, it's fine. All right. <sighs> So uh, we'll uh, we'll see how this Please works. Please continue as you were. Well, let me let me try and catch up to where. What are we talking about? I'm just gonna go back. I'm gonna take this. So anybody listening to this podcast, it's, at this point, it's uh, it's gonna be weird because I'm gonna go back and take whatever they were talking about and put it into this podcast because it saved it. Uh, so I'll be able to, so I'll be able to get that. It is also Justin Schleif who was in our chat earlier. It's his birthday too. I just saw that on Facebook. Happy birthday! We have lots of birthdays. Fuck now. you, Sean Gray. You also spelled Katie wrong. <laughs> well, he technically spelled it correctly, just not the way she spells it for her name. That's right. Because that is a correct spelling of the word Katie. She's not a city in Texas. That's true. <laughs> Even my cousin, who was born in Katie, his name is Katie, spells it like she does. The I-E. Yeah. <sighs> I've, it's been written with a Y my whole life. And wrong. I know. It's okay. I just roll with it. All right. So let's, let's, let's get into reptiles, and then we'll get into whatever else. So... What what have we been discussing so far? Uh, what's that? I say we, I mean you. Uh, yeah, we've just been talking got, about what we have. Yep, what we kept, you know, and uh, I, I had an interesting question on uh, females that laid infertile eggs, you know, are not bred if they would die because they weren't bred. And so, I, you know, I think I covered that topic. Okay. Will, will, will they die? Uh, and then we had what our what was our success rate with the wild cots? Oh, we, we do very good with wild cots. That uh, doesn't even look real. <laughs> we, we we do things a little different. We're more patient with our wild cots. Uh, we don't treat them immediately, but we do isolate them away from the rest of our collection. Uh, it's just patience with them. Everybody's in too much of a rush because they see a pretty panther chameleon and they want to dose it with medicine and then they end up killing it. And when you say wild cults, you're talking about Florida wild cults, right? No. Uh, no. Oh, no? Okay. <laughs> no, straight straight from Madagascar wild cults. And those come in sporadically whenever they open up, right? Because they're not always open. Yes. Yep. And, uh, you know, I mean, our longest-lived panther chameleon was uh, a nosy folly male by the name of Poseidon. He lived seven seven years, six and a half years with us. Wow. 
here, but he came in as an adult. Oh, wow. That wow. is a long time. Yeah. So we, I mean, we have no idea, you know, how old he actually was when he was caught, but he was full grown, fully colored up, you know, and that chameleon was a strong chameleon. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Cause yeah. isn't the typical lifespan only like five years? Five to seven years on five a male. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Now female shorter, but that's because right. they're the eggs and you know, they have a lot going on. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I always found it hard for me to buy a Panther chameleon. So, cause I can't, cause they were, I mean, they've come down in price. They're not, they're not where they were, but I mean, that's still a lot of money for something that's going to like, live six years right whereas i'm used to like if i get a snake and it costs me that much money i can have it for 20 or more years yes, yes. but That's one thing none they of them look like that they're shorter lived for the reptile world yeah it's like probably one of the most beautiful animals here's the trade-off it's gorgeous <laughs> but you don't get to look at it for long you know it's not not very long lived no <laughs> you know what though sometimes i mean this is probably going to sound very insensitive and it is not meant to be Sometimes what you a really jerk. don't need a pet for more than like eight years, though. That's, like that's guinea up. pigs only, you know, they have a shorter lifespan. Other lizards have shorter lifespans. You're right. I wish these damn dogs Look, would no, just go no, ahead and no, die. No, 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 no. <laughs> and the reason I say that, though, is because typically people in the reptile hobby will get an animal like a so-called a tortoise mm -hmm. and 10 years in be like, hey, I don't want this anymore. We mean ten years. Well, two okay. years in. I was a year, three months in. Trying to give them a little Once more credit. Once start digging up your yard and tearing up your fences, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I just, I don't know. <laughs> it's so heartless. You're like, it's good they're disposable pets. Well, no, that's not at all what I said. But... Heartless. <laughs> Death fainting beetles live eight to ten years. Holy Jeez. Crap. What the fuck? That's Sean Grace. That's crazy. That's... I don't even know if okay. I'm gonna live eight to ten. Somehow years. that does not seem fair that a death fainting beetle should live longer than a panther chameleon. I, I've got roaches that live longer than panther chameleons. What? <laughs> yeah, that's yep. definitely not right. That should not happen. That's mm. <laughs> so, nope. Where's the trade-off in this? Something like, in the evolutionary path of that animal really fucked up. Like that's so yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they they are fast producers. So, I mean, that that's probably where the trade-off is. You know, shorter lifespan, and then they they produce several clutches a year versus one clutch a year. Are they like? Because uh, I know like leopard geckos will lay like every month or whatever. Like they're like chickens; they'll constantly lay. Will will chameleons do that too? Will they lay on a regular basis? Uh, they'll lay three times uh, every thirty days after a pairing. Gotcha. Roughly thirty days after a pairing. Wow. And how many eggs do they usually lay at once? Uh, they can do twenty to thirty on average. Jeez. Part, like each time? Yes. Holy cow. That's a lot of babies. Oh. That's a shit ton of eggs. This, <laughs> that this right one. there is why the lifespan is five to seven years. <laughs> yeah. yep. Like yeah. this sister here, she produces, I think her last clutch a couple of weeks ago was like 44 eggs. Fuck. So. Wow. <laughs> well, and then they, they incubate for eternity, right? Mm, you, six, nine, twelve months. That's a. Well, it's like our doomers, boa. It's like eleven months gestation on those yes. things. Yeah, that's yeah. longer than a human. Yeah. Well, that's where like I think like someone who's damn. Well, that's where I think someone that's used to like uh, breeding uh, colubrids, like corns or like ball pythons, would probably get uh, would not want to do this because they're used to lays eggs and then in sixty days we got babies. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. Right? So, like, even with boas, like, I have to wait four to five months on certain species of boas or doomerals. It's longer. But, like, it's a, yeah, there's Sean's talking about the Parsons. I knew the Parsons. It's, like, two years to hatch a Parsons chameleon egg. Yes. Wow. That's a, com- that's a long commitment for an egg. It's like an elephant. Of course, now, Parsons, though, does live longer. Right. Yeah. They have the longer lifespan. Hmm. How long? They're the ones with the horns. No, the, no that's the Jackson. No, Parsons kidding. are the massive ones. You remember we went to the, um, the ones where you're holding, you know, a chihuahua. Yeah. On. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> you remember we went to, to DFW, the herpetarium there, and we walked in. And they had those giant chameleons when you first walked in. I think so. Those were Parsons. There's a picture back in the day of Sean holding our Parsons on Instagram. <laughs> like in 2013 or something like that. They're not the they're not the flashiest, but the size of one is just it's oh, impressive. It's- yeah, that that's why you want one. I mean, it's it's you know it's this, but giant. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Giant. Yeah, that's insane. Oh, you're looking at the pictures. Yeah, it's it's a huge chameleon. Um, you know, I think a lot of folks, uh, when they get into reptiles, are as kids fall in love with chameleons because we love dinosaurs. Yeah, and so when you look at a Jackson's chameleon, it's very much oh, it's a triceratops. Like it's it's got horns on his face. Yeah, I mean, it looked, it looked, it was a literally a tiny dinosaur. Yeah, <laughs> with oven mitts. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and rotating eyeballs. Yeah, they are a they are an odd lizard, and I mean, there are some on, on mainland Australia. Uh, Australia, I know that is not what I meant. Africa is what I meant, but uh, but I was talking about Madagascar, such a weird place, just yeah. the evolutionary uh, path of most animals on Madagascar. Chameleons are, I mean, you go from things like Parsons to the dwarf chameleon, like the little tiny. Uh, with like two inches long, right? Yeah, yeah pigmies. Pig on the tip of your finger. And breath. they all live on Madagascar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a handful in Africa, but like, that's crazy. It's, but most, yeah, most chameleons came from Madagascar, and that's the only place they are. There's quite a few species hmm. in, in Africa. Yeah, yeah. I always know because like planet, I think it's planet Earth has the one with the one that looks like out in the desert. And so you have this chameleon just walking through the sand in the desert, and you're like, that does not look right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, No, they're meant to be in trees. That's why they have these mitten hands. Yeah, but there's that one species that lives in the desert that's really, really neat. Yeah, I've seen that one. Which is funny, because we we think of historically in the hobby as them being a very sensitive, and I know we'll talk about it, but a very sensitive species or a group of uh, lizards. But that thing lives in a desert, and it's just walking around with like wind and sand throwing its face, and watching that. And when it would eat uh, all the sand that would be stuck to its tongue, and I'm like, (laughs) in the hobby, we're like, oh god, don't do that; it'll die from impaction. And that thing's out there, just like, no, I'll eat the sand. It's (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever rubs some dirt in it. (laughs) But they're like I said, they're weird. They're between the eyes, and then if, if no one's ever seen the hands, it's hard to explain. They don't, they don't look right. But oven mitt is the best way you can get because. You know, we picture like most people when they picture lizards, they picture like a bearded dragon or a leopard gecko hand, and it is not that at all. No, no. It's like, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, the way he just holds on to you is, you know, I'm not holding him, he's holding me. That's a cool lizard. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do one one day. Don't say that too loud because if your child hears it, I mean, Amanda's going to jump on that chance after talking to her at that show that day. <laughs> Uh, Joe, Joe, like bonded with Amanda over chameleons that day. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're my favorite. I mean they're just—it's living art, you know. Oh, absolutely. 
it's just that's literally all it, they're just living art i mean he's you know totally doesn't care that he's sitting here right now and there's you know babies looking at him the adults are up there <laughs> looking at him and he's like whatever you know you just say oh you just calm down so darren watson <laughs> asks, how does wild cult work uh do you have a direct connection with uh, someone there or do you just there's a ton of importers here and you just take whatever shows up how does that work for y'all uh used to have a direct connection uh many years ago and uh then that connection disappeared and so now we just we just wait for imports to come in and you know when the animals get posted we, we look and see hey that, that's a nice chameleon you know and figure out what locality it is where it got imported from and uh then decide to purchase or not you know i mean i mean some wild cods are mislabeled whenever they come in but that's why you just you got to understand your localities, you know, and really look at the animal before you purchase it. Hmm. Like, yeah, we can typically tell when it comes from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they, they got their own uh, look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so how many I know that there are veils in Florida. I'm assuming there are Panthers or probably Jackson, some of the common, more common ones in the hobby there. Yeah. 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 Uh, I talked to a guy about a year ago. He was a part of the Florida like fishing game down there. And he said that, you know, the population isn't big, but yes, there is Panther chameleons there. You know, I mean, I'm just always interested in the, uh, the stories you hear of how dangerous it is to go chameleon collecting in Florida. Cause like some of those places you'll get shot. Oh, I'm sure they have their, some of those people have, the, I don't know how bad it is today, but I know historically like they would have their grounds for collecting chameleons. And if you went into someone's grounds, you may not be found again. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it can be that way even in Madagascar in some places, but it's not for that same reason. It's right. a little different. Right. Kind of like, uh, there's a locality of Panther chameleon called Nosy Mitzio. Well, there's a, like a, a king or a guy or a ruler on that island and since like 2010 we hadn't been able to collect that locality from that island because the guy who runs that island says nope <laughs> you come from the island we have, we have problems jeez <laughs> when it's such a it's such a sad thing when you think about that because we're talking about a lizard that lives in the trees and you're also talking about an island in general the island the small islands around it but madagascar that has lost like 50% of its rainforest. Right. Right. And so, yes. you, you, I mean, so you just think about how many you've probably lost to that, that you're never going to get back. So the population has just got to be dwindling when it comes to chameleons there as well. Uh, well, I mean, from, from what I understand is Panther chameleons are like Mediterranean house geckos here. <laughs> what? They're everywhere. Hmm. That's so crazy. <laughs> Wish I had That's that. the kind of stuff that fascinates me about other countries. Yeah, well, like my friend a couple weeks ago that lives in Mexico that was playing golf, and here comes a big boa across yeah. the golf. Yeah. You know, for us, that that would be like a seeing a water mox on the golf course. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. We see stuff randomly in the wild, and other people are like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Remember when we had Rob Christian on? He said his one thing he wants to find is a broadband water snake, and we're like. See him all the time. Yeah. That's, that's very common here. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Remember in Brian, we told you, you know, the natives are afraid of them. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, the, the the natives are afraid of them. So that cracks me up. I'm like, I can see them being afraid of like the Doomerals boa or the Madagascan ground boa or even the, the tree boas. 
but not the goofy ass looking chameleons. <laughs> right. The big no. old bug eyes and oven mitts for hands and. <laughs> but think about it, but that's why, like, they don't move <laughs> like other animals do. Their eyes kind of go all wonky. I mean, I, I can get where maybe you throw an old folktale in there with it, and yeah, well, it's just if you ever see one when it gets off, like when it gets on the ground, it just looks wrong because <laughs> it's not supposed no, they to do be not there. Walk on flat surfaces at all. They are not made for the ground, and they <laughs> and they're funny. I've watched them like just get grabbed for stuff that is not meant to be grabbed or hold weight, and like they'll just grab for it and then fall off. It's. <laughs> With, oh, Darren wants it. New Jersey has squirrels, pigeons, and black bears. That's you have plenty of black bears. That's it. That's all you have, Darren. Although you must have corn snakes because you can't own corn snakes there without red eyes. So, oh, that's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so just to show they're captive bred. Yeah, it's so you can prove that you didn't go out and catch this butter, whatever corn out of the wild or caramel or because okay. we're really running low on corn snakes, and so many people are collecting wild. So that corn. means like. My palmettos that don't have red eyes wouldn't be legal there. Even though I think technically, even yeah, even though it's white with spots. I mean, yeah, technically on that law, it's it's a weird law. Like I said, like Georgia has one like that too. It's yeah, ridiculous. But uh, all right, so one thing I do want to talk about. I know we we've, we've hinted at it before when we talked about it. And one of the reasons we, why are we? Oh, my nose is running. I was wondering why paper, paper towels just showed you. up magically. Uh, Thanks, Robert. So. <laughs> One thing we saw at a show is there was a an individual who was selling panther chameleons, but also, and this is the odd part, selling panther chameleon eggs. You you buy the egg, you take the egg home, you care for the egg, and then supposedly it will hatch. Although I honestly think you put it on a shelf and forget about it, and then it shrivels up because it dries out, and you just wasted however much money on it. But uh, so I wanted to get your opinion and what y'all thought. Um, you know, Kay, I said before, Katie has seen this before with uh, leopard tortoise eggs, where you could buy a leopard tortoise egg off off the internet and it would mail an egg to you, which just doesn't seem right. Um, but what are your thoughts on it when it comes to chameleons? Being something that, as far as the hobby is seen, is it, tricky to take care of. I can only imagine as a just an egg, a brand new baby out of an egg, if you do get it to hatch, it's got to be a, a quite a thing too. So what do y'all think? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of a controversial topic, you know. I mean, there's people for it and against it. Uh, you know, I just we we I don't know. It's it. We don't we don't really agree with it, but there there's a reason why. You know, it's it's we don't want the chameleons to have a bad name because they're not as hard to care for as what people say they are, you know, they're saying they need like a hundred percent humidity and this and that and everything else. And somebody buys a Panther chameleon egg and it doesn't hatch or it hatches and then it immediately dies on them. Well, then there's a bad connection with the Panther chameleon. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, we, we, we have a hundred percent hatch rate, uh, I, I, I could probably get anybody and everybody to hatch a panther chameleon egg. Hmm. Uh, the 100% hatch rate. The, the, now, now, That's awesome. Gosh. The thing is, is we can get you to hatch it, but we can't force it to live. Yeah. Right. Oh, 100%. Well, see, so yes, our, yes, yes, yes. Our, totally uh, our first experience with chameleons, 
did not go well. I, I think we talked about it before, but you know, we got two veiled chameleons and they were maybe an like inch, 20 bucks a piece. And they were super small, like teeny tiny. And, and they didn't make it. And then years later we talked to someone. And like, yeah. Th- those were, those were way too small for you to, to, to have bought. Like you should have definitely got older ones, which we now know. I mean, so I that only, was also 18 years ago, but I can only imagine though, <laughs> if someone does get this egg and if they do get it to hatch, this brand new baby chameleon that's never done anything. And I mean, this is probably their first chameleon they've ever owned. Also, now they got to get it to thrive. Right. Yes. Well, you know, it's like how you can, you know, when you're breeding snakes and you have your, you know, snakes hat, why do you have to feed them an X amount of meals before you sell them? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's the same thing in the sense of, is that newborn snake that's had no meals in it? Is it too young to sell? You know, why Why are you set waiting until after it's had, you know, three, seven, ten, whatever meals in it? So is an egg too young to sell? You know, I don't know. I mean, because, you know, what's the difference then if you have to have, feed a snake so many times before you sell it? Well, yeah. And as you breeders, know, our thing is we always want to sell well-started babies so that not only does the baby have a better chance of survival, but that it's a better experience for the keeper. Um, yes. You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, and it's harder. It's nobody thinks of it in the sense of how much harder it is to take care of something so teeny tiny, you know, versus something, you know, like as, you know, that one that we showed. I mean, it's, he is well started. He's had tons of meals, you know, and it's just like, well, you know, a little teeny tiny baby, if you put the wrong UVB bulb on it, you can literally cook them with radiation. Yeah, and yeah like, like it, it took us, when we first got started breeding panther chameleons, it took, that first year was a lot of learning curves, especially like trying to figure out the right UVB reading, you know? Yeah. Uh, the standard UVB reading for panther chameleons is three to three and a half on the Ferguson scale. And uh, baby panther chameleons don't do well. Yeah, with you're, three and a half UVB. You're talking about animals that live under the canopy. They're not getting. They're rarely, if ever, getting direct sunlight. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, I mean, there, there's just little little things here and there that you really need to pay attention to when you're raising a panther chameleon baby. You know, I mean, we we raise our breeders here. So we supplement the female in a certain way that when the egg is developing and the the pairing has happened, that we get the proper nutrients to the mom that puts it into the egg, you know, and and the yolk provides nutrients to the baby and the neonate as it's growing. And then we hatch a baby and it's a healthy baby or the majority of them are, you know, I mean, uh, we get a hundred percent hatch rate, but that doesn't mean we get a hundred percent survival rate. Yeah, it's that's a completely different thing. There's a big difference. We can make it hatch, but we can't force it to live. Well, Darren Watson says, how many offspring are you producing a year right now? Um, last season we bred two females and we had 199 eggs in each. That's just a weird that number is so odd to go. That number gives me a little bit of anxiety about having to figure out what to do with all this. But let's go with okay, so again, ball go back to ball pythons being, you know, the number one kind of snake in the hobby. Someone's good if they get a five to seven egg clutch out of one ball python. So when they're like 
I got 150 babies. That's a lot of females to get that. And you're like, no, we just bred two, two female chameleons. Yeah, we only had two females. That's why right now, I mean, if you notice, we have Simbabas available and Mbonjas. That's because we just bred two females. Right, yeah. We're, we're not, we're not going to overproduce. No. <laughs> I, I don't. Plus, you don't need to. I mean, right. I, two females. Yeah. You know, that was one breeding season. That's crazy. Well, that's what Russell talks about. 5,000 baby corn snakes next year. God. That's what he did this year. Ugh. He has like 2,000 breeder females. Ugh. Yeah. But, see, I, I think that, and then I think, God, feeding them. And then yeah. I think, oh, shit, that's one meal. Three shits from one meal because it's a corn snake. That's a lot of shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you think, like, for us, a baby, a newborn baby, after, you know, the first couple of days, after it's done absorbing, you know, its nutrients from its egg. They can eat, what, 30 feeders each, you know, each baby. And what are you you feeding them at that point? And not just fruit flies. Everybody thinks, oh, well, I'll hatch a baby panther chameleon. I'll just breed it fruit flies. Well, that's a a good way to malnourish your baby chameleon. Hmm. You need to be offering gut-loaded crickets still, uh, bean beetles. uh, It's a variety. A variety, yeah. Because... You have to think fruit fly media. I don't know if you know what it's actually made out of, but you know, there's different recipes, but basically instant potatoes, apple cider vinegar, cinnamon, you know, activated yeast. It's like, that's not a gut load, you know? Right. Um, So you, and it's really hard for somebody who has like, say they get one egg, where are they going to find the appropriate sized feeders for a hatchling? You know, I mean, it, other than a fruit fly culture. Yeah. It's like you, pinhead crickets are not at a pet smart. I remember having to order boxes of pinheads for those first chameleons that we tried. Uh-huh. And that was yep. a pain in the ass. God, I can't yeah. imagine. See, and we order about, we ordered 18,000 crickets last week. Yep. And that only lasts us about a week and two days. That's, <laughs> you know, and we've sold some babies since then, you know, I mean, so it's like, it's not that we have, we're not feeding 199 babies, but you know, we are think, feeding a lot of babies. Right I think now. Sean said at the peak of his breeding, he was going through like a million crickets a month. Oh wow. and, and yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. That, you know, the number doesn't even compute to me. No, we feed like 150 rats or so a month. It's 100 and whatever baby chameleons doesn't compute. I, I'm just trying to picture the logistics of Where that. Where did you? I mean, obviously, they all have little cages, but how, like, I mean, I see the setup behind they just, they just throw them all in a bucket and whoever makes it makes it. No, I mean, that's how we get the strongest ones to survive. Like, <laughs> pass those good genes on. They're not in a rack like snakes. No, they have to be in cages, you know. Jesus, that's a lot of things. And we set up a UVB light. Uh, Babies, you also don't offer a basking bulb, too. You need to do like a 6500K fluorescent linear bulb next to its uh, T5 UVB bulb. And then you have to adjust the height on that cage to set temperature and UVB index. On that, on that cage. Wow. So you're not only you're not only using a temp gun on stuff. You're having to use a UVB meter to also measure. Yes. Yes. We are literally going from like where's the highest height their back can be right. and going down. Because imagine taking like a reptosine 
T5 5.0 and throwing it on a 12 inch cage. Yeah. The, the UVB reading you're going to get out that mid cage is going to be like eight on the Ferguson scale. And you were saying they're, they're at like a three, right? Right. Yes. And, well, and, and even babies are even lower. We usually set them up at 1.5 to two max hmm. on the Ferguson scale. Just a, uh... To go a pause from this uh, for a cheap plug. If you need good UVB lights, check out our friends at VivTech. You can use code GUMBO22 for 15% off on all your purchases. You can also buy a UVB meter from them. They have it as well. Just had to uh, do my do my podcast duties there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, Now back to our now back, <laughs> now back to and, and then there's you know, supplementation on top, of, on top of that. Do you supplement or do you not supplement when they first come out of the egg? Some breeders do it different. You know, uh, we don't supplement our babies the first two weeks they're out of the egg because the mother should have provided those nutrients to the eggs, to the baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so if, if, you're, if your baby hatches and you're reading online that says, well, I need to be given synthetic D3 or this supplementation or this calcium and, and you just start pounding supplements on a baby that just hatched, what's the outcome going to be? So... So this is where I think the disconnect comes from where you guys say panther chameleons can be, I say easy, but easy to take care of, you know, in in your terms, to the person who says it's hard. Because I think if you follow the proper protocol and procedures and set up right, it is easy. But if you go to PetSmart, you buy that veil chameleon, you buy whatever cage has a picture of a chameleon on it, you buy whatever UV bulb has a picture of a chameleon on it throw it together and go home and set it all up. That's not the same thing. And then that thing and that chameleon ends up dying. Cause you didn't, you know, and that's where I think everybody gets that chameleons are so hard because they don't fit the, the mold of what we've been told how to set them up by big box retail. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, you notice they always use chameleon pictures and silhouettes and stuff on like everything. Well, Cause they're photo. <laughs> they're, they're great for no, photographs. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's even on, you know, the uh, reptile shipping boxes that you use, you know, it's a chameleon, you know, so I mean, it's like chameleons are just that silhouette. It's like when you think reptile, you do think chameleon a lot, you know, you just, when you're you're a normal person, I guess, not a reptile show person, you know, we think of everything. Well, because, because bright colored panther chameleon looks so much better than tan bearded dragon on rock. Like it's just... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And it is, I mean, but it's easier to take care of a three month old panther chameleon than it is a newborn, you know, and there's really just not a lot of information online either for like somebody who's just entering, you know, the hobby of, oh, okay, well, it hatched. So now what? Well, most of the information is for an older chameleon. Gotcha. So yeah, you would literally put a really high powered UVB bulb, a, you know, a 90 degree basking spot and you would literally cook the baby, you know, and it, it's like, it, they're different. They're different to raise by the different ages they are. So, so let's go through a, just a short list of, of the basic no's, the things that people should not use by setup. Um, that they normally do that. They, they would go to a store, buy everything, or maybe go to a, a reptile mm-hmm. show and not talk to the right person and just buy whatever they think. What are the things they need to stay away from when setting up a, a, a chameleon? 
glass tank aquariums or yeah. terrariums. So you only screen cage. Yeah, and that doesn't just mean screen top. That's the you know those extraterrestrial glass tanks also. Yeah. Needs to be screen and don't buy power of the sun bulb, even though it has a chameleon on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that I saw that the other day and I thought, oh my God. You know? <laughs> it's a beautiful chameleon on the box, but you were going to literally fry You mean it. I can't buy one of those reptile death kits from, from <laughs> PetSmart and... That's what they should market them as. This, this 150 watt uh, bulb says it's got UVB and yeah. 150 watts behind. <laughs> right. Let's <laughs> put that on that 10 gallon. It'll be fine. Yeah, let me put it in a 10 gallon tank and, you know, just, yeah, cook. <laughs> and then I would say no, like, fogger, you know. That but I it looks so that. pretty when I put that in there. Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Lee. Frog. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> There, there, there's a there's a big fad going on. I don't know if it's a fad or if people. Are, I mean, some people seem to be having success with it. I don't know how, but do not. I, we do not recommend night fogging or night misting. There is no scientific proof that a chameleon can absorb moisture through its lungs. I don't know who imagined that, or or how it became. But the, the ideal behind it was a super high humidity at night so they can breathe in the fog so they can get their moisture. They shouldn't have to be day misted and lick water drops off a leaf. I've, I've never heard. Oh, that's just stupid. We don't know They're not gills. behind it. Because, yeah. <laughs> I had it's, someone the other day. It's not, it's not, it, no, and it's a daytime animal. Literally, it's like a bird. If you take a chameleon, say you want to ship it. You put it in that box, even if it's noon, it passes out. I mean, as soon as it is dark, the animal is out, you know, so they don't function. That's why they can pick them up out of the tree. (laughs) You know, that's how they wild catch chameleons at night. They go around with a flashlight and go, oh, there's one. Because at night, they put on their pajamas is what we call it. And it's (laughs) that they get really light colored. They, They show a color they never show during the day. And... You can see them really easy, and you can just pluck them right out. I mean, they don't even know. They're totally gone. So there's no, they're not drinking at night at all. No, and and they have videos and pictures of them actively drinking in the wild during the rainy season, you know, during, during the dry season in the morning whenever the sun comes up and the dew comes in and stuff like that. And well, because you water get... drops from the leaves, they start drinking water. They're not drinking water while they're asleep or, or sticking their head in a bowl while they're sleeping. <laughs> when you get told that you have to use moving water a lot of times with them, they will only drink moving water. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense in the top of a tree. Right. Like there's yes. not a waterfall at the top of a tree. Yeah, no. I mean, and so what it is, they can't see standing water. Right. But like I'm Pretty sure you've well. seen the, the, the videos of people putting their chameleon underneath a faucet and it's trying to grab it. Yeah. You know, and it's because it sees that, but it sees it as one piece. Yeah, it's it solid. doesn't see it as water. You it's know? trying to yeah. climb that clear stick in front of it. I, uh, yeah. talking so about how this nonsense with, uh, you know, and when you miss them, they see the droplets and they see, you know, the reflections and in the droplets right. and they the know. Water, and it's moving. The water droplets moving. Makes down sense. And yeah. are dripping. You know, and then like a dripper works. You can use a dripper. You don't even have to use, you know, a mister if you don't want to because they will see mm. it dripping. They just can't see a stream of it out of <laughs> a waterfall or a faucet. You know? yeah. I had someone ask me the other day about um 
they said they were told at a big box pet store that they they could soak their bearded dragon because they absorb water through their cloaca. And I'm like, pretty sure it's the opposite. Yeah, so that's where water comes out. Um, yeah. Now that tends to make them poop, doesn't yeah. it? Yes. Well, uh, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they said that that's what they were told. It's like on the care sheet, like on a care sheet that they, they oh, posted wow. a picture of. And uh, it's like, yeah, that's not how cloacas work. I mean, there is like a species of turtle that can breathe through their cloaca. Right. But that's about it. And it's yeah. already in the water. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Ah. People are. It, it's like if you if you write it down and make it look official, people will fucking believe it. Oh yeah. Oh no. It's yeah. look as a teacher, I I have that problem all the time where I have to. Some kid saw something on a meme or on some graphic on online. Did they used whale sperm to make chapstick. Yeah, the whale the whale sperm to make chapstick, which was the dumbest thing and, yeah. and they believed it they 100 believed it because they saw it somewhere so this is what i googled mm-hmm. this is what it says it says that bearded dragons absorb water through their vent located at the base of their tail that is not true i've never had a bearded dragon person tell me hey spray water on your bearded that's dragon's like asshole one, that's one of the first thing that pops up when you say do do bearded dragon what, what, si- what side is it on uh that's on Pets, <laughs> babylon b petsville dot com the onion is that like a the onion? <laughs> i know right <laughs> have a dehydrated bearded dragon then can you just give it an enema <laughs> just, just i mean that's what it sounds <laughs> like lord <laughs> that uh anyways hmm. uh so we had a few questions here uh first mary jane in the chat says she considered an egg because of the price which i think is what the selling point most people use if they're selling just eggs uh, but I realized I I want to know I'm getting a male, which I would get that. You definitely wait till you get older, um, and I would rather spend a little more and know what I'm getting, um, which right. I agree with that. Yeah. I I would like to know that I'm getting a healthy animal. Well, I mean, you know, it's like we said, we have a hundred percent hatch rate, but we don't have a hundred percent survival. Yeah, you know, and I mean, that's one I could get anybody to hatch an egg. But I can't force the baby to live. Or and, guarantee the sex. Yeah, or guarantee. The, I mean, it's a 50-50. Yeah. Right. You know, they don't incubate like some gecko species yeah. do. You can't incubate for male or female. It's going to be 50-50. And, <laughs> and, the, and the price is intriguing. But remember, you may be saving a little money right now. But you still got to buy the cage, the whole setup that's going to be completely different than when they're three months, six months old, a well-established baby. They're going to be in a much smaller enclosure at the beginning. And their setups, the same, but not the same. I mean, you could go ahead and pre-buy the equipment to raise the baby. But then think of feeder costs. Imagine going to PetSmart and buying 30, if they have them, quarter-inch crickets. Oh, they're not going to have them. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to have them. They got, they got meat, you know? well, small and large. And yeah. small is not <laughs> the same thing as small for a baby chameleon. <laughs> And yeah. then that's that's one to two times a day. How hungry is that that baby panther chameleon? So then you start adding that up. And so where'd you save money from from egg to a three month old well established baby? Well, and and just animals by nature. So Robert grew up on farms, and and, and we've owned reptiles for a long time. Some things are born and die. It's just yeah. the the nature of nature. It's yes. So you're not There's, guaranteed just because it hatched that it's in. You're not guaranteed one that it's going to live, and you're not guaranteed that if it dies, it's your fault. Sometimes it just happens, and so why would you want to risk that? Right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes they're just a weak baby that you know. Look at the numbers. How we told you there was 199 eggs from two females. They have that many, just like a spider does. Yeah. You know, if you think a spider has 
you know, hundreds of slings inside of her eggs. Or like sea turtles. To increase survival, at least of a few. Right. Because some, you know, some aren't going to hatch. Some are going to get picked off by predators, you know. Or I mean, siblings will eat them, you know. Like just, or they're, they're weak hatchlings. They, they hatch and then they live a month and then they die, you know. And, and they make it to that month period. Oh, we've noticed the, the first month of a panther chameleon's life. It's sketchy. It, it's, the most, <laughs> it, it's the most crucial part of their life. Let you, me, you need to be on Let me show point. you a little one. You need to be on point with supplementation. You know, I mean, your lighting needs to be right. You, you can't over-mist them. I mean, if you're sitting there misting your little baby and you're sitting there hosing it down, a water droplet could suffocate it. Yeah, that's like I baby mean, turkeys. Baby panther chameleons are very tiny, so I mean, you got to be very cautious. And we we were nerve wracked the first panther chameleon babies we hatched. I used to raise show rabbits when I was in high school or junior high and high school, and it's only about a thirty percent survival rate on the from the best rabbits for the from the the babies from the day they're born. Really, to get them up to show, you lose sixty five percent of them. You used to get them all the time James. as soon as they're that's born. True. Well, and that's, we knew someone when she was in high school, she did that mm-hmm. and her mom would randomly call us up. Hey, I'm putting a package on your porch and it'd be stuff that she oh, look, had frozen. Look how small that oh, looks. Let me pull it on a full screen. So, look at this. And this is a one month old panther. Uh, roughly one one month, two week old. Oh, wow. Wow. Look at the size difference. Yeah, the, the other one could eat that one. It looks like <laughs> it wants to. <laughs> that is, they are so mm. small. I, I imagine they grow quickly, though, in the first three to four months, right? Uh, no? Uh, their growth spurt usually happens about four months old. Let gotcha. me show you now a little bit older than that one. So Darren Watson was asking, roughly what age are your babies when you when they're available for sale? Uh, we don't start selling them until three months old. Minimum. Right. And that's purely that's for fair. size. That's not for, like, I want to see what it looks like or you're waiting to sex it. It could you're be just, both. Right. No, no, that, that's so we get a, a good, uh, they have fat pads on top of their head. Gotcha. That's, that's the only fat moisture reserve they have in their body from, from what I understand. And so we feed till three months old, so they get a good fat reserve. So whoever they go to, they are, they have some backup, some reserve in them for either shipping or a week or two. You know, while the person is trying to figure out a misting schedule or uh, contacting us, asking us questions on supplementation, even though, you know, I mean, we, we provide a full care sheet. Uh, there's just, you know, questions that pop up. I mean, if, if, if they buy the baby, I mean, we, we give lifetime support. If y'all have a question, we'll answer it. Uh, That's awesome. we, want, we want all our Panther Chameleon babies to be good. I mean... We, we've had people that we sold to chameleons back in back in the day, 2013 time, that are glad we're back in the hobby and asking us questions again. You know, when we're thinking about getting another one, uh, what's changed in the industry versus T8 bulbs to T5 bulbs now? Yeah. So how old is that one you have there, Amanda? This one was born in June. Don't make, don't make me do math. Six, Six months. Six months? <laughs> See, that's the size where I'd be like, a shame that Robert and I got that so quick. That's the size where if I see it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to kill this. Or at least I'm, I have a better chance of not killing it. In this. your mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. See, I mean, and this is this is what we want to sell you to because it's very well established. Nice, big, fat pads on the top of the head. 
you know, it's ready to go. You can make some mistakes and it'll be a little more forgiving than something, you know, half a quarter of its size. So I want to care to compare it to like Brazilian rainbow boas. So I breed Brazilian rainbow boas and I will tell you the babies, baby Brazilian rainbow boas for at least the first year and a half, two years are super uh, sketchy. Like you can, if you don't make sure they always have a nice big water bowl, they can dry out pretty quick. But like as the adults, because everyone always tells you, oh, you have to keep them so humid and all this and that. But the adult rainbows are almost bulletproof. Those guys are super tough. But as babies, much like these panther chameleons, they are very, very sensitive to uh, drying out and stuff like that. And so certain species just, they're not the same. They're not, not everything's a ball python. Right. Hey, uh, James' dad wants to know how old was that big one that she was, big uh, panther that she was holding? The, the adult? Yeah. The adult? He is. He is almost two. almost two. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's yeah. That's a big old yeah, lizard. Like uh, this boy, that boy we had out earlier, uh, Simba, our our little holdback boy. Yeah, he, he's eight months old. Huh. And so let's just talk about like, like his genetics and color and everything, because that's what everybody's really interested when it comes to panthers. Uh, how long do you have to wait till you kind of get at it? Because I'm assuming not all babies are going to turn out the same color, even if it's from the same pairing. There's going to be a, a variation in a, a clutch? There will be, yes. When do you uh, kind of get the idea of who's going to have more color? Uh, about the three-month mark. Gotcha. About, about the three-month mark, you know, you'll, you'll start getting babies that are showing more prominent color in their bars and, and their cheeks, uh, a little yellow on the lips if it's in bonjas. Uh, Simbabas, we look for, like, they'll start showing yellow in their body. And uh, deep greens and stuff like that, and you can tell that that animal is going to be very nice, you know. And then, the, of course, you can also tell the pattern by pattern whenever they're younger than there. So let's see what how old is that one there? Oh, like only a holding a crested uh, gecko. My right. baby bearded dragon downstairs did that the other day. Like he was walking all of a sudden, he literally dove off of me. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was that our dog was about to turn the corner and get it because Millie was out. And so I'm scrambling trying to catch him on the floor and find him. And Jared had a, um, a hot mess. Jared had a black dragon baby uh, about this big. About a foot and a half, two foot long, a black dragon uh, water monitor do that at the uh, North Richland Hills show. And that floor was like uh, uh, AstroTurf carpet. Oh, so we oh. got a grip. So oh, it was yeah. gone. You, oh, that sucker that was, was gone. The only thing that stopped it was Jared and the guy who had brought it to him were chasing it down the aisle. And when it got to where Andy stuff is, Josh like did like that, like kind of made like a football stance at it. And it scared it enough that it hesitated it just enough. a second and that guy that had brought it jumped on it <laughs> grabbed it Jeez. like they just cracked the tub open just <laughs> right out gone so what what type is that one that you're holding so this would be a simbaba locality uh so the bigger male we brought out earlier okay Mufasa. and uh he's four months old wow so eating half inch crickets awesome. so small so small crickets at pet smart Yes, yeah, I could not imagine think like wanting to buy a baby baby like that. Just I, I guess maybe I, I guess the problem is that not a lot of people have, have had the negatives happen to them, but I've had it happen to me. And I'm like, I don't want to do that again. I know how bad it is right. to get this little tiny two inch long baby and be like, oh, I'm going to take care of this thing and then watch it die. Right. Yeah. Mm. That is crazy. Yeah. They're they're cool lizards. And I just I wish people would 
think things through. The problem is they are so pretty, but you know, it's like they're the price. What is a, I know it's probably a large range, but your, your average three, four month old Panther, well, what does so it go for? A three, four month old Simbaba, you know I mean? They, they range depending on color and pattern is three fifty to four fifty, So somewhere around there. And so I imagine the eggs are probably less than $200, right? A hundred, hundred bucks, 150. From what we've seen and heard about a hundred to 150. Yeah. Yeah. So in someone's head, like, oh man, I can cheat the system. That is yes. not how that works. Well, and, it, and you know, it would give you time to get some of the equipment that you right. needed, but are you confident enough once that baby hatches that you can deal with it? And then are you confident enough that it's going to survive? Because I can't sell, even though I know I take the best care of my mother's, the best care, I cannot guarantee that egg will live. Yeah. Or that baby will live. Yeah. You know, I just can't guarantee that. And it's like, at least at this point when they're, you know, this size, I can guarantee at least a little while unless <laughs> Totally screw it up, you know. <laughs> so Mary Jane in the chat says, is there a size difference between locales? So there are shape differences gotcha. too. There's uh well, let me see. Well so like in Bonjas, in Bonjas I would consider the longest locality. I mean from tip of tail to tip of nose, and they're very narrow bodied. Uh whereas the Simbabas, you know, they're they're Shorter and wider, you know, as far as body structure goes. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so my dad in the chat said, uh, obviously I'm ignorant to the subject, but do you breed them to get certain colors or patterns like we do with snakes? Like, are you breeding certain ones to try and get more blue and all this? No, uh, we, we, we breed for the wild type look. So they're locality specific. Yeah. So. You know, Mbanja needs to be bred to Mbanja, Simbaba to Simbaba, Ambolo to Ambolo, uh, Nosy B to Nosy B. And so I'm uh, assuming, just like with any other reptile, there is the other side of that coin where someone is breeding for color and they, they may not even care what uh, what locale it is. They're just breeding things together to get whatever. Right, yeah. There, there is cross locales out there. And, uh, I mean, as long as people are honest with it and aren't trying to... Uh, sell a bunch of mixed locale females as pure locale. I mean, I mean, it, it could be a fun project. I'm, I, we just personally don't do that. You know, we, we, we feel like the wild type look is the best. Oh, wow. Nah. Gosh. <laughs> look at that, Robert. So, you know, males don't like each other. So they're going to be grappy. But if you'll watch this one on this side, he is going to change from green to yellow. Look at that tail. That is... Look at the blues on the one that Lee has. Well, oh, that's not Lee. Uh, he, I mean, she's got both of them. them. Oh, just kidding. It totally looked like Lee was holding. The feet look like they're freaking glowing on the one that's blue. Oh, I know. Gosh. That is insane. You can see all of his green is almost completely gone. Look at him like too. posturing at the other one and yeah. hissing and puffing his throat <laughs> up. They're being very quiet. But he's really like his whole pattern is really cleaned up. It is really just this red and like yellow. It's yeah. it's. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell they do have different structures of their heads I was just about to say it looks like the one in front of Lee on the video has more spikes yes yeah, yeah, so they a, have a longer nose tip yeah, they have yes, a bigger wow That's... it is insane that an animal can have that freaking color on it 
So, uh, and uh, my dad's saying the color difference is because of locales, right? They're, they're different colors yes. because of locales. Yep. Yeah. That's the difference is their, their locales make them, you know, what color they're going to be. And they're, you know, like we've noticed, what is it, Simbabas or East Coast? Yes. So he is from the East Coast part of Madagascar. So his color, his pattern is even different than the rest of their Simbabas are the only ones with a U-bar. Oh, I see that. Yeah. And like here, this is Alamo. So this is the wild caught. Oh man, look at that. Is that a male? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. He's he like answered that question. That is a male. <laughs> look at his colors changing. Look, but look you at the yellows in its close. mouth. It's got those, when it opens its mouth, it's got that bright yellow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is wow. That is crazy. The, the black bars were kind of muted, and yeah. they, oh, when and that thing fired up, you could see all yeah. the dots and. That's awesome. So wow. the, the the science part, so I'm going to get a little science here. The science part about this, because I know a lot of people will see a bright blue and a bright yellow or bright whatever uh, lizard and go, how does that survive in the wild? So what you we... You'd be surprised. I have lost him in his cage <laughs> at this color. Well, even when they're bright green, uh, what we see is bright blue, bright green, bright orange is not what other animals are seeing. Right? Right. It's not even what, like when a female chameleon looks at him, She's not seeing that color. She's seeing a lot different. And I, I watched a thing, uh, Attenborough did one on um, when you looked at like infrared, not infrared, but um, I'm from blank. But basically, the way the colors look to animals is completely different to us. And what might show up out on some animals is like a dull brown. And then when I see it, glows like this bright color. Uh, so. Well it's very interesting to look at these colorful animals and think, man, what are the other animals seeing when right. they look at them? Yeah. Well, you know, well, it, I mean, some of their colors are made for predators to, you know, that line. like the white stripe is made to mimic a cat in Madagascar huh. to scare off yeah, other things a, from eating it. Right. That's a theory. That's a theory. Yeah. You know. <laughs> wow. Like the well, white on his lip, you know, that is to look like teeth. Yeah. You yeah. Know, but that's, that's not his teeth. His mouth is shut. Well, Mary Jane's point, you can see the green starting to come back uh -huh. in his body now that the other males aren't there. Yeah, because he is cooling down now. <laughs> so wow. But, you know, and I mean, they're just, they're not aggressive to humans like that. It's just they can't see each other. <laughs> <laughs> so in our room, they all have to be, you know, where they can't see each other. All their cages have to have dividers between Bearded them. dragons are like that, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like I see whenever I see a, a beta tank. Mm -hmm. that is like a two fish beta tank with a little clear thing. And I'm like, don't no, That's horrible. Don't put two males in there. It's just right. they're pissed off nonstop all the time. <laughs> but or like, you'll see, you'll see a, I've seen before where they sell mirrors to put in your beta tank. I'm like, that's not a toy. That's a torture device. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've just made that fish. How think would you like it? If every time you walk by your kitchen, you went, fuck you. And just <laughs> yeah, got mad. You know? <laughs> every time you walk by a mirror, you think somebody's looking at you and just trying to try to start a fight every time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Humans are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but that is, oh man, look at that color on him. It's, it's 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 so weird with these because you could honestly look at it at one point and look at it at another point and think they're two completely different right. lizards. Yeah, yeah. And so I can only imagine like you ship a lizard to somebody. They look at the picture online. They're like, oh, that's the chameleon I want. They get it and they go, uh, this doesn't look anything like the lizard I wanted. Uh huh. <laughs> And, and like, just, just wait. It will at some point. It also looked like seven other lizards at Look some that. point. Doesn't even, that yeah. looks like a completely different animal now. Well, and, and he doesn't, like, when he's asleep, his pajamas do not look like this. Right. 
You know, it's completely different. And we never see that color unless he's asleep. Hmm. So Darren asks, is there aggression shown between males and females during pairings? Uh, so the females, we don't ever show them to each other until they're receptive. So females show actually show a receptive color. Gotcha. Uh, they go like hot pink. Almost like, like bubblegum, hot pink. Like. <laughs> so when like chicks wear all the makeup and they wear short skirts, you know right. they're receptive right yeah. then. Right. <laughs> now, if they're gravid if they're after they've been paired, if they're gravid or they're non-receptive and we put the female in the cage, she will turn dark colors, black bars, and gape. Oh, wow. Get away from me. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> like my wife. So, okay. <laughs> nope, did I say that out loud? <laughs> Not so, really, baby. Are they? I know a lot of, uh, I mean, some snakes do it, but a lot of lizards are very aggressive when breeding, uh, mm -hmm. biting, holding on. Do they do any of that, or is it a little more laid back? It, it depends on if it's a wild-caught male or a captive male. Right. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the, the wild-caught <laughs> or, or mating is, is a lot a lot more violent gotcha yeah. uh it's they're they're, they're they're more aggressive about it they, it they, is i don't care if you're wanting me or not <laughs> right you are ready when i say you're ready exactly right that's why we have to watch them really closely because the, the male will not stop uh with with our wild cots that we've noticed now the captive breads they're still very aggressive too but in a different way they're not they're not charging in on top of the female you know they're 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 doing a little more of a slower courting routine which is head bobbing so what i'm hearing is that when you get wild caught in they need to sit down with hr and have a talk <laughs> that no means no and they need to go through some training yeah. that's crazy <laughs> man that's, that's interesting though that just that one thing can be so different between wild caught well, and captive. We've got to imagine though, the captive it's ones. Wild, it's move fast. And, yeah. You know. Well, because captive ones, they're they're gonna put them in there with the female when they're yeah. ready and they're calm yeah. and, and and there's no stresses. Nothing's trying to eat them on a daily basis. Whereas yeah. the wild ones, if they see a female, they may not see a female again. You got to go try to do what you can do when you can do it. Right. Yeah, and it's like when when you pass by a female, you better grab her. You're gonna never see her again. Right. You know. <laughs> anybody listening? That is not what you do with people. Don't do that. Don't be like, no. the, don't be like at the club and go. I don't know if I'll see you again. And then that's no, that's no. how you get arrested. So. There's a charge. For we that. do not <laughs> condone that behavior. Well, it's, it's, so I crack up when people. I guess I crack up. I get upset also when people give uh try to put human emotions on animals they went my animal loves me or this or that and i'm like have you ever watched how certain animals actually behave because if they were people we'd be like what the fuck is wrong with that person <laughs> you know well so like uh luke was in here and he breeds uh blue tongues i've talked before about how i'm afraid to breed blue tongues because oh, yeah. like they could rip legs off oh, like could you imagine if the woman's trying to get away and just yanks her arm off and then he still fucks her like that's yeah, blue tongues are the worst. No, the chameleons don't use their mouth when they now when they grab the female, they use their their, their oven mitts. Yep, and they grab on and they'll grab her okay. tail and hold her walk. <laughs> you know, but they don't use their mouth. Let me tickle you with these oven mitts. <laughs> Can I grab yeah. your fat cap? Luke says, Luke, Luke says that's how he got how he got. Yeah, he got him. I just yeah. just grabbed her. You're mine now. <laughs> Until I'm done with you, and then you, can go. you ever seen that movie Year One? Yes, with yes. Jack Black, and, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Go hit her!" Hit her! <laughs> punches him. <laughs> oh man! Again, if animals were people, <laughs> that's why I was yep. like, I, "So I, I hate cats." And I always tell people, like, if cats were people, 
they'd be serial murderers and we would put them in jail. Like they, right. they would be locked up. Exactly. So apparently with these uh, lizards, they would. Well, Lucas came to work Monday with a, like a big busted lip. And I'm like, what happened? He's like, my cat was laying there and he just went and got me with oh, a claw man. right in the lip. Just <laughs> my dad said, if they use their mouth every now and then she wouldn't play hard to get. <laughs> Oh, oh, maybe I should not have recommended this podcast to the lady for her 13. <laughs> <laughs> so do y'all do uh, any other chameleons? Or are you just gung ho? It's all Panthers. All Panthers. All Panthers. Yep. Yeah. We used to have a Parsons years and years and years yeah. ago, you know, back before people figured out how to hatch those eggs, right. <laughs> you know, but wait, <laughs> and we had Jackson's. We did have carpets for a little while, but. It's just the Panthers have always been our favorite because, I mean, look at the colors. Yeah. You know, right. it's like, get those colors with everything else. And then I love them for their personality. I mean, they are so handleable. You right. know, they're extremely, like, if I was going to recommend a chameleon to anybody, it's going to be a Panther just because you get color payout and handleability. And it's, hardiness. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, you'd go with, like a veiled, which is a whole lot cheaper, you know, it's just, you don't get all those beautiful colors and usually they're kind of mean, <laughs> usually not always, yeah. but <laughs> I just want a green lizard. I'm gonna go catch an anole outside. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I, let me I, ask I you something that's blue and orange and red and yellow and, you know, I mean, all of the same animal. <laughs> so let me ask you this. And I know y'all are partial. So I, the, the answer may be skewed. If someone was getting their first chameleon, what would you say is the easiest or most forgiving? Would it be a panther? Or, I mean, are veils that much easier or are they just cheap? And that's why they're the number one. Oh, yeah. So, so veils hatch bigger. Gotcha. They also do come from larger clutches. Yeah. You know, there are, a veiled female can have 60 eggs. Jesus Christ. Time. Yeah. And that, that is why they are more widely available right. because you're looking at double or triple the amount of what, you know, a panther can have. Yeah, well, and the babies hatch, you know, they hatch about the size of a month old panther chameleon, so they can already eat quarter inch crickets. Yeah. You're feeding a bigger prey item, of course you're gonna get faster growth, you know. So, so they can, they're hatching at a month old size panther, and they're already feeding the, uh, the bigger feeder, so at two months old, they're the size of a three month old you know, uh, panther chameleon. And then at three months old, they're the size of a four-month-old panther chameleon. You know, they start growing. They start getting their rapid growth rate. Gotcha. So... But it would really be, like, if you're asking hardiness, that's really the only difference. Maybe they just start out a little bit bigger, you know. But, I mean, it's still a chameleon. They almost the same care. A little yeah. different, but almost the same. Yeah, males require it to be a little bit hotter. Gotcha. That's... I I've had a few. I had someone give me, and they were adults, so I don't even know how old they were. They were adults when I got them, so they lasted a couple of years with me. And but I had someone give me a panther, a big, uh, a big male panther. He's cool. He was cool, and uh, and then I had a was it an ustelets, which is a very boring looking. It's a big one, but it's right. I mean it's it's like one color. He was like brown, <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I didn't I didn't know much about him other than the chameleons, and I kind of knew the basic chameleon. I had the big the big screen cages and like a. Uh, a big potted plant that I kept in there um, and they kind of lived on the plant and went up and down. I had the UV lights and every now and then we had an extra cage. We'd go and put them like outside and let them sit outside. He had a hibiscus that he loved to hang out in. 
Yeah. But uh, I knew nothing about the Ustalets other than that it was brown and it was pretty big. Yeah. 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 But I had seen pictures. It wasn't until I saw the first Parsons. I was like, no, that's a big fucking chameleon. Like, that's every- a huge chameleon. <laughs> like, I think it's just so hard for people to understand. It's right. Uh, uh, Parsons is the heaviest chameleon and a Mellers is the longest chameleon. Gotcha. I, th- I think that's I think that's how it works. There are just certain reptiles that I don't think people can understand size until you see it. Well, it goes either way. So, like, I don't think people understand a lychee until you see a full grown lychee. Right. Yes, because then you kind of you're thinking gargoyle, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, and then you see a lychee, and you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a gargoyle on steroids. That's huge. Yes, like I've our, our, seen our... a mailer fired up. Those things are awesome. Okay, now I've got to look it up. They, they they get like these Mickey Mouse ears that come flying mm-hmm. up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's a cool looking chameleon. Aww. So our buddy Carl, I think the best thing he does because he sells the lychees is he brings those adult lychees. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he I think does for, it with his pectinatus too. The pectinatus, yeah, he does that. Uh, and I think for like for I, I assume, do y'all ever bring? I can't remember if you do, and I feel bad, but I can't remember. I'm usually stuck at a table. Do y'all bring adults to also show because? Well, you know, Chandler goes to all the shows. Uh, well, see, I always worry like stress. I always worry people with certain things. And so, you know, again, I'm going off of 20 something years in the past of whatever I say, chameleons, they stress so easy. I've noticed yeah. that some of those chameleon guys only do, or chameleon breeders, they only do one day of the show. And yeah. There's a couple of them. They only do one day of the show instead of two days. Well, and I see like, I've walked, I do not, I do remember. I, I've walked by and I have seen yours. There's you and, um, oh, I cannot remember his name because we had him on the podcast before. He does the other Panthers. He does Panthers as well. One Star Panthers. Yes, that guy. Um, yeah, he's the one I'm talking about. He usually only does one day. And and they're nice and, and colorful. Work schedule too. I don't and they and they look good. But then I've seen people go to other tables and uh, buy a chameleon and then walk around the show with the chameleon. And that thing is just dark as hell. And you can look at it and go, that thing is not happy to be on that person's shoulder walking around a show. So I just wonder if it's. Are your animals just used to that? And when I'm seeing someone on a show that's already stressed from going to a show and being thrown in a deli cup and thrown on a shoulder and carried around, you know, how do you feel about people, the stress level of having those chameleons out like that? I mean, like for Chandler to prepare him for a show, I do actually prepare him to go. I heavy feed him that whole week. I give him, I like to call it Gatorade, so it's hornworms. (laughs) <laughs> and that way he is super hydrated. I make sure he eats, you know, plenty of food, more more so than normal. And then, you know, really watch those fat pads on the top of his head and get them all nice and fat. You know, and as long as he is super hydrated, I know he can handle it. But also I did purposely raise him for shows. So every time somebody would come over to our house, I'd rip him out of his cage and put him in their hand. Gotcha. You know, and I mean, he literally, a kid could probably squeeze him and he would not do anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, but I raised him knowing I wanted to take him to shows. But I also, like I said, and like before we ship chameleons out, we always pump them with silkworms or hornworms just to give them the extra hydration and extra food in their system. That is the grossest thing through. to watch a lizard eat. <laughs> you should try letting a box turtle eat a horned worm (laughs) it is the coolest thing ever for me it's every time i go do it he 
snaps his mouth shut and it shoots me in the face. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's I'm just thinking just hornworm juice all over the place. It's yeah. Did you know that they're green when they bleed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. My yeah. third graders thought that was so cool. <laughs> Our box turtle had hornworms the other day, and they were like, "This was better than the the other worm she ate." Because you brought the red wiggling. Oh yeah. So here's a question in the, in the chat, and it was actually I had posted um if anybody had any chameleon questions on our Facebook page, and this is shown up twice now. Uh, what are your thoughts on using fake plants in a cage? Maybe not everybody can do the bioactive. Maybe not everybody has a green thumb and can really keep plants alive. Uh, are fake plants a, a good alternative? So that's the only thing we use. We don't use live plants, and the reason being is because I want to be able to sterilize the cage so I can take it outside or put it in my shower and bleach it, soap it, super gotcha. clean if I want to. And I also don't have to take care of the plant. I mean, because it's like, I'm already taking care of the animal. I'm already taking <laughs> right. care of it. See, that's me. I'm not, I'm, yeah. not a, I'm not a like, oh, I want this supernaturalistic thing because I, I don't want to have to keep the plant alive. Although, Katie is keeping an entire pumpkin patch alive in her box turtle no, cage. No, no, When I went yesterday, <laughs> she'd eaten most of it. Oh, did she? She's starting to eat them I guess now. the leaves finally got to where they tasted good. They So we fed her our box turtle. Um, I mean, I, we could say it's bioactive, I guess, because I was growing plants. <laughs> um, but we fed her some pumpkin back in October, and it looked like a jungle yeah it started to, like the vines growing all across the bottom to take over i was we were about to start pulling stuff and over the weekend she ate a bunch of them so <laughs> i guess we well, just to, the kids were like i guess they just needed to get big enough for her. i said i guess i don't know she's farming her own food she was, now yeah oh shit your buck turtles learn to farm there's still more in there like she didn't eat all of them but she ate a lot of the big ones and another reason that we like to do fake plants over live plants is you don't, sometimes you get those little like gnat things, Ugh. you know, this is dirt and it's yeah, like, yeah, we get them. And yeah, so it's like you don't deal with that with fake plants. Our tortoises right? cause that. We have all the soil and everything for our tortoises, and that's why we get them. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we get them because of like the gut load, because we have to feed the crickets, you know, fruits, vegetables. So it's like they like, live in there with the crickets, but at least they don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so i uh katie remind me i haven't i haven't gotten to our facebook so i want to go through our facebook group there's some interesting things that are posted on our facebook group um one that i thought was funny and i don't know if any of y'all have seen the video of the little kid that got bit by the anole the green yeah. anole that was yeah. freaking out so, all the one words attached on the yes yeah. so, yeah. as, so as, <laughs> as someone who's grown up in the south i and your mom does this she's fucking nuts <laughs> Puts them on her ears, like earrings. Oh, my mom yeah. almost gave her mother-in-law a heart attack one time because one of the kids caught it from the garden, and she's like, oh, watch this. I can have an earring. And my mom just, like, pops it on her earlobe like it's nothing. And So I laugh oh, at the video. I, I, if you go to the original post um, where, where Nathan got it from and read the comments, there's these people just tearing apart the parents for being horrible parents and laughing. I'm like, no, I'd have laughed my fucking ass oh, off. Yeah. I'm like, one, you know that kid's in that predicament because they tried to kiss that lizard. Oh, not only that, but I guarantee a hundred percent. And those parents probably said, leave it alone. You're going to get hurt. Leave it alone. You're going to get hurt. And they're fine. It's a green and all. It didn't, it's not going to rip her face off. Right. They didn't, they didn't let a black dragon at the moment. They didn't let a croc monitor come up and bite her on the lip. She'll learn to listen next time. Well, I mean, at least it wasn't a okay. That is true. Yeah, that is true. That that video (laughs) would have ended differently. Permanent piercing at that point. Yeah. Uh, so the next thing that was interesting, we've talked about this a couple times on, on the podcast. Uh, Megan posted a video from the Kentucky Reptile Zoo, 
and their Western Diamondback. They opened the tub with their Western Diamondback, and what do they find in there? A baby. And they did not what? breed their Western Diamondback rattlesnake, but they found a baby going across the thing uh, through Parthenogenesis. And, I, and I've seen that before. I had a buddy who had that happen with copperheads. He opened the cage, took the mom out, well, took the female out, and then went to go clean, and little heads popped up out of the aspen bag. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, and we, yeah, it freaked him yeah, out. Was, yeah, you didn't think about that with Parthenogenesis and something that gives live birth. Yeah. And so that happened at the, we were at the zoo where I used to work after I left there, but we were there one day and someone said, Hey, there's baby snakes in a cage. And I was like, I was talking to the director. I was like, I'll walk over there and go look for you. I'm sure there's no baby snakes. I walk over there and sure enough in the cane break cage, there's two babies and that thing had not been with a male ever. So, uh, Parthenogenesis, you don't, like I said, it's, it, it's a weird thing. If you're keeping venomous live bears, it's a definite thing that you have to worry about if it's a female, that if you reach in, there's more than one snake in there now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's mm. terrifying. Yeah, that, that that was a weird one. Um let's see, Georgia is uh citing threats from non-native species. DNR has expanded limits on animals that can be bought, yeah. sold, or kept. It's they're basically ter- becoming Florida North, which they they really are. Um yeah. so but Georgia our, Georgia already had crazy animal laws. Mm-hmm. You couldn't and, have a corn snake at all in Georgia. Yeah, and so now they're just they're gonna double down on that. So if you live in Georgia and you want to keep reptiles, um what's crazy is move. the two of the biggest ball python breeders are in Georgia. And that's because they're ball pythons, and that that, that won't be on the list yet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everything yet. Yeah. So they're just give it time. Um I'm trying to see what else. There were there were several interesting things I saw. Um I just got to get to him. Oh, I posted one today from Ryan McVeigh. He was in Texas and he found a speckled racer. Which is bright freaking blue. That is my cool. number one snake in the world. He that's was cool. Oh, it's he, I saw it and I'm like, it almost looks like something that's not from North America. It looks very much like you'd see it in like Asia. Yeah, like, like a whole world rat snake is what they remind me. Yeah. Of. Yeah. But it is black with bright blue speckling and uh and like I watched the video if you can he find must it. have been like down on the border. Brownsville, I think. Yeah, that's uh-huh. yeah. So uh get much more south than that. <laughs> still be US. So he was um it, but the crazy thing was, because when I think racer, I think that thing's just going to fucking go. But I watched the video, and if you watch it, I posted it over on our Facebook group. Uh, they they positioned it on the palm leaf, and they took pictures and video, and it just sat there. I'm like, it is an insane-looking snake. So you just don't think of us having bright blue snakes like that. You don't, yeah. Well, I mean, what what is it called? Is well, it the it is. indigo? Oh, the indigo is... You know, beautiful. I mean... That show up yeah, that's, I mean, that's a beautiful snake. You know, and you just, yeah, you don't, you don't expect it when you, when you raise stuff like this, (laughs) it's like, you don't expect Texas to have, you know, certain things, but. That's like a lot of people don't think about the Western coach whip. The Western coach whip is like Pepto-Bismol pink. Oh, Oh, yeah. Brittany just messaged me and said they can only see them. Is that because you just haven't Oh, that's because I haven't. My bad. I keep forgetting to go back. They kept showing lizards. Well, yeah. Like that's sh- why you had chameleons out, so he had it on the full screen so more people could see. Uh, this is one that I wish I mean, I say I wish it would happen to me, but I also wish it wouldn't have happened. That person that found the snow boa in yeah. Florida, Red Stanberry, like big ass, full grown female, like probably it looks like easily eight foot, seven mm-hmm. and a half foot. Oh, yeah, snow boa has been eating well, yeah. <laughs> so, just somebody, because- somebody told him there's a yellow snake back here, a white and yellow snake, and he's like. 
can you just send me a picture? Cause that doesn't sound right at all. And he's like, they sent him that picture. He's like, I'll, I'll be right there. I'm on my way. Well, they sent him that picture. Cause that picture would make me go no. there also. No, 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 that's his wife. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was saying it's Taylor. In case anybody hadn't seen the picture, they, uh, uh, go check it out on our Facebook group. Uh, yeah, no, they sent him a picture of it. Just there is a snake. There, there is a snake in the picture. It may take you a little time to see this giant snake in the picture. <laughs> Because there are other things in the picture as well. Oh my goodness. Two of them to be exact. They're interesting, man. They uh, they have monkeys and they have all kinds of cool animals. Uh, Rhett and Taylor do. That's cool. He's uh, also you know got his venomous license and. So we just talked about it. Nathan posted a whole thing from the Orient Society on the Texas Indigos. The Orient Society does a lot of work on Eastern Indigos, which get all the credit, which they should. They're beautiful. They're huge. They're amazing snakes. But uh, the the Texas Indigo is also a really cool snake. Yeah. James got the whole one at the college station. I did at that at that Brian College Station show. Someone mm-hmm. we know brought brought one there. That was the first time I'd ever seen one in person. The first time I ever held one. Um, it's cool. Oh yeah, especially for something that eats venomous snakes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like it overpowers rattlesnakes and just like fuck you rattlesnake and then just eats them. Nathan Nathan also posted the most badass crab on earth in our. Did you watch that video today? Yeah, I've seen that's all that's been around for a long time. So rips his own first off, it fought a bird, Mm -hmm. and the bird fucked up its one claw. And then as he's walking away, this claw doesn't move. He just reaches over the other claw and just rips it off and throws it off and then keeps walking. Keeps on going. Yep. It's the most badass crab on earth. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um and then Travis, right before we got on, actually posted a paper about uh serpentovirus. Um he actually Thank you, Travis, for finally listening and giving highlights instead of making people read the whole damn paper because you know we're not going to do that. No, it's you are not going to do that. <clears throat> well, I say we. I mean me. <laughs> uh, the highlights here, though, is it's not a single virus but a collection of related viruses. So there's not just one virus you can go after to try and get rid of virus, which is one of those viruses that are showing up in collections that people are having issues with. Um, uh, different lineages of the viruses uh, look to be specific to certain species. So just because one is, is affecting one group of snakes does not mean it's affecting the other group. Even though it may affect it the same way, it's not exactly the same virus. So treatment would be an issue there. Uh, Just because an animal tests positive does not automatically mean it will die, which is a a lot of viruses. I think the easiest way to explain that to people is COVID. So like I've I've been tested twice for COVID and I've had it twice. But both times I never suffered. You were asymptomatic both times. So I always tell folks, you know, when they're like, yeah, I've never had COVID. No, you just didn't test for it. At this point in our society... Most of us, because of the way we are as a society, have had COVID. It's right. just it's it's we're everywhere and we're not clean and we cough and we touch things and we're just we're just gross individuals. And so you've had it. But not everybody's affected by like I've never had the flu. Well, because I don't ever test myself for the flu because I don't suffer from flu symptoms. Right. But it's I'm a teacher. I've been teaching for 10 years around nasty ass little Petri dishes. Mine are so much worse than yours. Don't even go. There. I've probably had the flu at some point because kids are gross, but it doesn't affect me. So with snakes or with any of these animals. Just because they don't show the symptoms of a virus doesn't mean they don't have it. They can definitely carry it and they can just be a stronger uh, member of that population and not suffer ill effects. So just because they have a virus doesn't mean they'll die, which will be very interesting with all this new virus testing that people are starting to do. Uh, I think more people are going to start to find out they have animals in their collection that have virus that have never been sick, not once. Or have carried, yeah, or carriers. Makes sense. And uh, Travis also said in here, there's spillover of a virus into different species and uh, genre may have negative impact. So from one species to another could have negative impact. So it was just an interesting paper that he posted. Uh, And then I had one other post that fucking went crazy. I I asked one question on like Sunday, I think. Oh, it was blowing up. And we had like 40 replies to it. Uh, But it was who inspired you to get into the hobby and how? 
Yeah, and, that one blew up. And everybody loved that one. Uh, so I just want to try to go through a few. Uh, our buddy Dax said, me, myself, and I. Um, shut up, Dax. Uh, a lot of people had that response, Dax is, though. Dax is happy today because the Yankees signed Air Judge. Judge. Yeah. But they, um, but a lot of people said it was themselves that got themselves into this. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Howdy said Steve Irwin uh, and the Anoles outside of her house, which I could definitely see her putting those on her ears. Yeah. I 100% <laughs> think Ashley Howdy has put an Anole on her ear at some point. That's funny. Uh, but yeah. And then she handles that black dragon. Yeah. And she has a like crocodile on her. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, but she says you love dinosaurs. Talk to her book. That's kind of a, a lot of us. We, we grew up loving dinosaurs, and if you're at a certain age, Steve Irwin was. I mean, it was a big one for me. Uh, Brian Lovins, who is of a a different age, Brian's <laughs> a little older than us. Uh, said it was a box turtle in the late seventies, and then nice. he watched. Uh, he also aged himself here by saying he watched Jacques Cousteau. Um, so nice. and mutual of Omaha, so Wild Kingdom. So that that's those are some uh, going down. Drew Schultz from the Learning Zoo said third grade science textbooks with a nerd fucking nerd third grade science textbook with a picture of a leopard gecko in it that got him fascinated that's awesome uh, our buddy Travis Wyman said first Drew I looked, Schultz cannot tell me that Steve Irwin did not affect him <laughs> did not influence him with his little Steve Irwin outfit right uh, Travis Wyman said first I would say I inspired myself when I caught a baby garter at age five and immediately wanted to keep it Later, he said <laughs> Arthur Rosenfeld and uh, Monk Yoon wrote, which we had on the Pineside podcast, uh, uh, absolutely shaped the way uh, and aspired to keep his reptiles. So uh, if anybody wants to check that out, go check out the uh, – we, we really got to get back to these, those episodes. They were fun. But the Pineside uh, podca- Reptile Podcast, we had uh, a monk, the cussing monk on. Mm-hmm. That was a very interesting podcast. Um, I have a birthday to share if you're done with it. I'm not done with that. I'm going okay, through go some of these. I'm trying to get – some of our people here. Okay. Oh, here's one. Daphne Ann said Repticulture. Houston got them into the hobby. So our That's buddies cool. at Repticulture. What uh, what what got you guys in? Talking to us? Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. So when I was growing up, I lived on, you know, like not a lot of land, but a couple acres of land. And my papa, he always just loved nature. And I just lived outside. Just constantly you know and i'm a very outdoorsy person i can hunt <laughs> and fish Love it. but um you know it was mainly just being so outdoorsy but if i told you the real truth of the chameleon you would probably be like what <laughs> i mean it was i walked into a pet smart and saw the little baby veiled but i did not buy it I came home and I researched and researched and researched and then bought a four-month-old panther chameleon from a breeder that is now no longer doing it. But that was how that happened. Wow. <laughs> I married this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, my, my main thing was uh, Steve Irwin, watching him growing up, you know, and then uh, also just going outside and catching yeah. You know, I mean, I see yeah. little fence lizards. I go grab grab the little fence lizard, be fascinated with it. Why did it drop its tail? You know, will that grow back? <laughs> <laughs> you know, catching the little grass snakes. And I'm like, how do y'all eat anything? Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> or the blind, the blind, the blind earth snake. Is that what they call it? That's what the I mean. rough earth snake? Yes, the rough earth snake. That's right. Yeah, where if you catch those and you look at it, you're like, you're, you're an earthworm and you're a snake. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're 
Well, my <laughs> Mima is terrified of snakes. And as a kid, you know, one would get one of those blind earth snake things would get into the house and she'd be like, let me see what it is. Oh, okay. That's fine. We can put it outside. Yeah. Because it's, you know, she's like, that's just a worm. <laughs> yeah. It basically <laughs> is. It couldn't bite you if yeah. you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it uh, looks like it to me. Here's one. Uh, Jacob Williams has said he got a bearded dragon and fell in love. But then the guys on Morelia Python Radio, which I listen to, are definitely what pushed him to uh, to really want to dive into and work with more animals. Uh, hmm. But for me, it was several things. I've talked about it before. We had, when I had my dad on. Um, we had a ball python. That was a horrible experience. Uh, and then we got later on, we got a red tail boa, and that stuck with me. But it was really uh, later on when I got into high school and middle school. And I was watching Steve Irwin, and then my parents took me to a reptile show, and I made – a horrible purchase and bought my very first snake of my own. It was a Brazilian rainbow boa, which is a horrible first purchase. But uh he lived for 17 years, so something went right. Yeah. But um but a lot of, but a lot of folks on here it was like Steve Irwin and stuff like that. And that that really I mean anybody that's probably 35 to 45 grew up watching Steve Irwin. Yeah. I mean I was probably in junior high when he came on the scene, but yeah, I mean he definitely shaped the fact that I even like reptiles. You know, oh, 100%. For me, it was, I was at a pet store in El Paso, well, actually in Las Cruces, and said, I'm going to buy a snake today, and bought a hognose, who we still have, and got home, and Rachel was like, well, you know, I like snakes. And I was like, God, if you told me that, I don't remember it. And next thing you know, we started buying ball pythons. Yeah. And then my dad pointed out, that's true, I got that Brazilian rainbow boa, and then like a year or two later, we found that same breed, or... I don't think actually it was a breeder. He was a, a reseller, but we went all the way to South Carolina to a show to get a red tail. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, and I love that thing. Um, oh, Darren wants to know whose idea was it to turn this into a business and did it take much convincing the other? <laughs> so we are both Capricorns, so we don't have to convince each other for anything. <laughs> we just, you know, tell them like, Hey, I'm doing this. And the other's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just it literally, but it was me for my idea, you know, just because Ranger was my baby. Yeah. I mean, if, if you watch, we have very cringy YouTube channel from 2009, you know, whatever. I mean, with all of our chameleons then, and you will see that, you know, how much they were bonded to me. You know, they would come up to me, come flying out of the cage with their hands reaching you know, and he would stick his hand out and they would just know. <laughs> <laughs> and you can watch those videos and see it. He'll stick his hand and they just know. That's yeah, she, she'd be feeding them all the good, all the good feeders. And then I got stuck sitting there pouring crickets out and they're like, well, she feeds hornworms. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I have an overbite, so I'm sure, you know, you can see a lot of my teeth. Well, teeth are white. So, yes, a chameleon more than once has shot my teeth with their tongue. That's funny. I'm, I'm talking to them. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, you know, and they, they you know, those two eyes go whoop. That's got to be an awkward sensation. There's the tongue right into your mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> getting, getting tongued by a chameleon, that's got to mm. be... Uh... Yeah. It's not fun because it's kind of sticky and it sticks. Well, <laughs> I, had a giraffe, I, had, I had a giraffe wrap its tongue around my arm the other day. That's true. We, we kind of mentioned it last week, but uh, you went to a zoo for a, you did a delivery that there and got to stay mm -hmm. in a hotel room that had a giraffe had hole. Had a giraffe. It had a giraffe hole. Yeah. The old giraffe hole. Um, not to be confused with the glory hole. 
Um, Depending on how you use true. the giraffe hole. True. It's a little high. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's called the Oak Meadow Ranch. It's in Valley View, Texas, which is between Denton and Oklahoma, basically. It's almost Oklahoma. And uh, right by Lake Ray Roberts. And uh, the place is amazing. It's it's only about 40 or 50 acres, but it's a fully interactive zoo. Yeah. It's like 175 bucks to get in. But you get to play with everything. Yeah, and then they uh, they have a steakhouse that's it's pricey, but you get they bring like the sloth in and the coatis in. And how was the steak? We didn't. They, they're not. They uh, they were closed for that whole week. The they didn't have any animals die that week, so they weren't yeah, making no, steak. Yeah, the uh, the people who run the restaurant um, or they went to Mexico for a week. Where gotcha. they went home, and then um, they have the. They have some glampers, just you know, travel nice travel trailers. They have a hot tub out in the woods. Like you just follow this path out in the woods. Boom, there's a hot tub with a cover. Do random animals show up while you're in the hot tub? No, no, oh. the animals are uh, the turkeys. There's some turkeys and some dogs. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, they have their I, f- I forgot what the name of it is, but they have four rooms that are attached to the giraffe barn. Two upstairs, two downstairs, and so we were in the king ranch room. There's a King Ranch, the four sixes, and then I forget the name of the other two. And uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome because the window, the only window in the room is the one facing the giraffe barn. And there's a tiny little TV and a huge window where you watch the giraffe. And then there's a little access door and they put up, they put some cups like this fancy little thing next to it with, uh, I guess, some kind of long leaf lettuce and carrot sticks. And you just get to feed it from, yeah. from the hole. So he's funny. His name's Puzzles. He's a 16-year-old child, is what they said. <laughs> and uh, you'll, like, open the door because you want to go feed him. And you'll, like, wave it out the door. And he'll just look over at you and look away. The minute you just step away and close the door, then he runs over there. <laughs> and then you open the door and it's all good. But it's got to be on his terms. So you know you've messed up, though. Because now Rachel's going to go to hotels and they don't have giraffes. Yeah. <laughs> So every hotel at this point is going to suck. Yeah. So we're, we'll, we're going to be going back there because they're about to order a bunch of cages for Cobras. Oh, wow. Um, so we'll make a delivery again. And, but this time we're going to stay. We we didn't get there until late on Monday. Like it was almost dark when we yeah. got there. So we really couldn't do much. And then the next morning, excuse me, Tuesday morning, <clears throat> they came and got us and they unloaded the trailer. And then... uh they were getting ready to feed the baby camels, which are seven months old. When you think baby camel, you're like, oh, baby camel. No, it's like six foot tall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, still um, huge. Still a huge animal. <laughs> like the size of a horse, um, but taller. So they were going to bo- bottle feed them. So uh, Rachel got to bottle feed one of the camels. They they actually make them lay down. You know, they they have their whole little command. Is they, they cush? Do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, it's funny because the one Rachel fed got like it get, got like milk drunk, like it would stand up and it was like stumbling, like it had been. Have you seen how dangerous a full grown uh, male camel is? Oh yeah, they can fit a whole human head in their mouth mm-hmm. and just like pick you up by it, pop. Like they're they're yeah. they're horribly dangerous. They'll use the big pads on the front of their legs to crush. Yeah, they just had two guys get killed out in Georgia at some kind of wild animal thing. Uh, the male camel went nuts on them. One of the guys I watch on YouTube, he has he got one, but he got a two year old, and there's a reason you find a lot of two year olds for sale because that's about the age they quit using them for like riding and right. taking on to birthday parties, and uh, so they got they finally had to get them fixed because uh, there were some issues. 
And, and he's calmed down since they got him fixed. Yeah. I'm like, imagine so. I just I've seen pictures of where they just camel fits on an entire human head in their mouth, and yeah. I'm like that's horrifying. That's crazy. So they have um, not dry in there because I've seen their no, mouth. No. Oh yeah, this is gross. I'm just worried about them picking me up by my head and just snapping my neck. Right? like decaffeinating your head. Decapitation, so there's, right? There's there. a podcast that I listen to called Tooth and Claw, and it's these guys all there. One's a biologist, works in Yellowstone, and one is his brother. And then the other one's just a friend of theirs. And uh, they did one on the camels. And there there's several cases of camels decapitating people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't. Yeah. And then you just think about I the next could, time. I, you... I couldn't put that on my tombstone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just think the next time you go to like a, a fair and they're like, camel rides for the kids. Nope. 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 Not going over there. Yep. They. It's funny because. When I was little, I, I have. Yeah. Yeah. At the Renaissance Festival. Uh-huh. When uh, those camels are funny because when you get in there, they come up and they want to get like right in your face and they smell you and you're like, Jesus Christ, your breath is horrible. <laughs> and uh, they just grab them by the nose like this and blow in their face. And that's like the no. I'm like, yeah, but when that thing's Let's like. when he's full grown. When it's like 2,000 pounds and. I don't know if no means no anymore. He's gonna be like that male chameleon. No longer means <laughs> right. no. I don't. I didn't even pay attention if they were females, males. You know what? One of them was white. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a white camel, and then the other ones. I'm the, assuming they were all dromedaries. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't ever see. I don't ever see Bactrian. Yeah. Apparently, they're those are way more aggressive and have problems. Huh. Yeah. My dad said. Yeah. I think I remember riding a camel as a kid at Jackson, the Jackson Zoo. Yep. And now I think about. I could have died. Yeah, well, God, what horrible parents were y'all? Whatever. I could have been decapitated by a camel. I mean, that'd be a fun story. Not for me. I couldn't tell it. I'd be decapitated <laughs> by a camel. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you can't <laughs> tell the story. It's not a fun story for me. I mean, and they have to go around telling me. What a way you know, to go, man. They're meeting people. Yeah, we had a kid, but we let him ride a camel and just didn't go well. No, we don't. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, this is going to be a fun one to, to edit because of. Our beginning technical. <laughs> but wait, I had a birthday to share. Oh, you have a birthday. what's your birthday? Yes. So I get emails every week from Reptiles Magazine. And the one this week talked about how Jonathan, the world's oldest Aldabra tortoise, celebrated his 190th birthday. This tortoise has lived through both World War One and to seven British monarchs and 39 U.S. presidents. And he celebrated his birthday at his home in St. Helena. Wow. Wow. It's an old ass tour. Isn't it though? Like it's got a real, I'll share the article on the, the discussion page, but there's a really cool article about him um, and different information as well. So that's crazy. The information yeah. is he's old. Well, then there's, well, there's general information. And he about probably Al doesn't Dabras move much. Too, but I think 190. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. See, Panthers don't live like that. <laughs> <laughs> no. He's lived through about 800 generations of Panther chameleons. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Basically, you know, since they probably evolved. Yeah. yeah. Just, think, just think about how much Madagascar has changed in the 190 years that, that tour. Jonathan was, has been. And he's not that far from. He's from, from the Seychelles. Yeah. He's from the Seychelles. He's not that far from Madagascar originally. So. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, they used to have the. 50% of the rainforest has been lost in his lifetime. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is crazy. Uh, oh, my dad's asking how old was Big Al. Big Al was our Al at the zoo I used to work at, and he's probably somewhere around 80 or 90. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he's hit 100 yet. No, but uh, but he weighs like 500-something pounds. Yeah. It's a big-ass tortoise. Wow. Wow. Yeah, the, at that size, <laughs> they do whatever they want. Yeah. 
Yeah. See, um, our chameleon sticks in their cage are held up with thumbtacks. <laughs> <laughs> they are that light. I love so. it. <laughs> so if folks want to get a hold of y'all, if they want to check out the chameleons you have, or if they have questions about them, what's the best way for them to do that? So we have our website. It's readiesrainforest.com. And then, of course, Facebook and Instagram with the same thing. Yes. And then you know, we go to shows. So, you know, and you can always come and talk to us in person. Y'all know it. We love to talk in person. Yes, they will. They will talk <laughs> your ears off in the best way, though. Absolutely. They will tell you everything. You you will not leave that table with any questions about Panther Commands. If you did, no. you just didn't talk to them. No. Or you if didn't you listen. Then, yeah, I didn't, you know, you must not have been listening because... <laughs> Because we tell you everything. It's awesome. Yes. That's our. That's why we do shows. That's really the favorite part about shows is purely education. Yeah. Is we're trying to change the world one mind at a time with the chameleons. Yeah. Yeah. They're not fish. That's the biggest thing to change everybody's mind on. Well, it's because everybody sees those front opening exoteric cages with all the plants in them. They go, well, that looks good for a chameleon. Yeah. And, and like, the waterfall and, you know, yeah. Well, because, so, you know, it probably has a, a chameleon on the box. <laughs> so Big right. Al has been at the Alexander Zoo since 1975. Yeah. And he was, this was, this was an article from 2014 and they said he was in his nineties. Mm. Somebody last name, Laskowski? Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. She's she the curator there. Yeah. Yeah. So. He's pushing he's 100. Pushing 100. Yeah. He's a big-ass tortoise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert, if people want to get a hold of you. They should know by now. That's true. LSRTRX.com. James, if people want to get a hold of you or us. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, it's the Reptile Gumbo Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. Check out our store on Facebook. We have shirts. I added a new shirt, which has our new logo on the front, on the pocket. And then it has our uh, our old logo on the back. I need to order one of those for me, uh, get one from robert and get one for you because we need shirts uh but check that out also don't forget every week in the month of december we are giving away a temp gun from our friends over at colossal constrictors uh, all you have to do is comment on our weekly questions and you will be put into that mo- that week's uh giveaway uh anything else next show is slidell this weekend mm-hmm. you're going that uh when's y'all's next show um our next when is it shawnee is shawnee the next yeah uh, the beginning uh, of Somewhere middle of January. <coughs> yeah. 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 Because yeah, yeah. I think it's Shawnee, then Longview, then and then Conroe. Conroe. Yeah. It's like Shawnee, Longview, Conroe, something like something like that. But yeah. we're not doing Longview. We're gonna be pig hunting. So <laughs> <laughs> you go. trying to get your deer season and then get some bacon on. You know. I love it. <laughs> so go check out. If you see my show, go talk to them. Check out their animals. They're amazing looking. Um. That's it. We'll be back next week. Uh, our should I say I guess next week? Or should I? Just make a post later. I will. I won't say I guess because I don't want to mess up, but I'm excited about our guest next week. Um, thank you all for coming on. It's been yeah, great. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having us. Oh, yeah. Y'all hang on. We'll talk. Absolutely. Y'all hang on just a second. Hang on as we log off. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and uh, good night. All right. Good night. Good night.